Salutations. Welcome to Podmortem. I'm Travis Hunter, joined as always by my co-host, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Hi, I'm Renee Hunter-Vasquez. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. This week, we're broadcasting live from Ravenscar Hospital, discussing the 2005 action horror film, Constantine. This film was directed by Francis Lawrence from a screenplay by Kevin Broadbin and Frank Capello, based on the comic book Hellblazer, written by Garth Ennis and Jamie Delano. Rather than a straightforward adaptation of one comic, Constantine combines story beats and characters from various issues, while also revising many details to better suit the vision of the filmmakers. With a fantastic cast, ambitious ideas, and impressive visuals, Constantine overcame a mixed reception from critics to earn almost a quarter of a billion dollars at the box office. So, Constantine, what were your first impressions on the film? I remember watching this movie when it came out and never stopped watching it. (laughs) Uh, I love this movie. Mm -hmm. This movie is great. I remember watching it for the first time and I was like, oh, this is... I I'll be honest I didn't know it was a comic uh-huh. at all like I didn't I was just like oh this is a really cool character I learned later that it was a DC character uh-huh. and I was like oh so it you know this got to be a comic um but the movie itself I was like this is fucking great I felt like the casting is perfect like everything everything kind of goes together great everybody plays off each other like the movie to me I won't hide for the future, but I love this movie. <laughs> For the future. He won't hide. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, this is a lot of fun. I remember seeing it. I think we saw it in the theater, right? We did. And I was very, very excited because there's an A Perfect Circle song in it. And yeah. that is, you know, still love them, was obsessed with them at that age. So that was really the highlight of the film for me. <laughs> so like <laughs> watching it as a full movie now, yeah. it's really good. Like, wait, there's a story? <laughs> there's shit around that, around a minute of that yeah. song. I do remember whenever the song popped up because I got into a perfect circle through you. Mm. Whenever the song popped up, we were in theater. We were in the theater. We were like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. just like <laughs> elated. And rewatching it, I forgot that it was this film that got the song. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was it was nice to hear. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and even because John Paul was like. I'll, I'll say you're the reason that we're covering it because yeah. you were like, "How about Constantine?" Well. Yeah. Um, I was like, "Oh, that it has." passive at it like, <laughs> um but no it's a lot of fun i would even say that i appreciate it more now than i did when i was younger mm-hmm. a lot of the um uh, i guess the framing in scenes it's so purposeful it feels like you're looking at a panel in a comic book yeah i mean it it, it everything seems very intentional it's really i mean everybody does a really great job we'll talk you know about I'll say specifically a character that comes in at the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was yeah. blown away. We oh, yeah. love Keanu Reeves in this house. Mm-hmm. He's not necessarily the greatest actor known to man, but I think that he does this role very well. Mm-hmm. I think there's definite aspects of the character that he plays like pitch perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there are others that kind of make me laugh because he's being, <laughs> <laughs> he's being Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you sign up for. Uh, yeah. But we love him. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think overall it's a lot of fun. Um, and I want to read the comics. I love Garth Ennis. Yeah. Preacher. Yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely want to read the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, we did see this in theaters. Yeah. I remember really enjoying it at the time, and it isn't until now that I think I fully appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I will, obviously, it's not perfect. Right. 
I well, mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> like let's uh, for the right, future. Right, yeah. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> um, and I will say, I people will disagree with me when I say this, but it has aged really well. Yeah. yeah. Like you would yeah. think a horror film from 2005, the CGI alone, you'd be like, well, yeah. yeah. And there are some parts that there you're are like, a couple, oh, well. yeah. But it's 2005. Yeah. There are a couple moments, but it is not enough to even take you out of it, no, honestly. Not I mean, at all. we've, there are movies that we've covered that have been way worse. Yeah. yeah. From like 2020. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think the thing is funny to me because JP picked the film. Obviously, Constantini's like, the whole thing's for JP. And then a perfect circles for you. Yeah. And then Tilda Swinton's for me. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> she is like one of my favorite. She's actors amazing. Oh yeah. Ever. That's yeah. She's incredible. One of my very few. And that's the thing we talk about a lot is when one of your complaints of a film is not enough of something. Yeah. They did something right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I I'm like why where's what's Gabriel doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm right. thinking. Can we right go now. back to <laughs> yeah? What's, what's, the, what's going on? Yeah. Um. But. <laughs> I, and I will say, I don't know why, but every single time we cover a film that kind of delves into like uh, theology, religious horror. Yeah. it. I'm not a religious person at all, mm-hmm. but I am so into this yeah. Yeah. subgenre. No, it's, it's a great subgenre. It's just like a ton of fun. And I, maybe it's because it's like the oldest story of, like, you know, you got the good, you got the evil. Yeah. It's, it's very... Um, easy to buy in right because you're like i can i get i understand the devil yeah (laughs) (laughs) got it you know um but i did want to talk about because we were talking in the intro about the film not necessarily being an adaptation of one comic right and um i think that it's very interesting because what they wanted to do they said is they kind of wanted to i heard this in a featurette Mm -hmm. is take the spirit of constantine as a comic book character rather than doing one story. Right. And you do have elements of certain arcs. I never read the comics. Yeah. So everything I'm saying is coming from that featurette. Yeah. And if they were wrong, then talk to yeah. <laughs> the, it's not on me. the producers, please. Um, but they did say Constantine as a character was created by Alan Moore. Oh, wow. And it was, I guess, a little cameo character in a 1985 issue of Swamp Thing. Yeah. And then people started really digging on the character Eventually, they give him his own comic in 1987, and it becomes part of a slate of comic books that launched the imprint. You know, you've heard of Vertigo. Yeah, of yeah. Of course. That is, thank, part of it is thanks to Constantine. Wow. Yeah, it's the, it's the longest running series on that. Wow. Yeah. That is unbelievable. Yeah. That's wild. I had no idea. They said um, eventually it gets to Lauren Schuler Donner, the producer, uh-huh. Richard Donner's wife. Oh. Actually. Um, in 1997 and she gets the rights to it but she wanted to adapt it as a almost exorcist level style of horror right obviously we didn't get that well we get a little taste you do get a little taste yeah it is a little more whimsical than the it is (laughs) (laughs) it is but um obviously when you know you get an adaptation going right things change as things develop right and this project goes through a lot of hands when the screenplay is written and so right hold on for a second (laughs) (laughs) i yes i read something and it's funny because i found an old article from 2001 an an ign article from 2001 about this movie being made and they have who's attached (laughs) to direct (laughs) okay 
I was like, how does this shit keep happening to us? Right. It was Tarsem Singh who did the cell. Oh, shit. That we covered yeah. fucking last week. <laughs> Not only was Tarsem Singh attached to direct. Oh, man. Constantine no. John Paul yes. was going to be played by Nick Cage. Uh, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that that even works though too. Yeah, that would have been like, fine. It would be a totally different Constantine. It, oh, it would. But would. I I still think he could make it work. No, but he it would, would make it. It would work. be. It's, <laughs> you're you're like, there's no, no good about yeah, it. No. It's Nicholas Cage. It yes. would be. Well, yeah. I feel like it would be a completely different movie. Oh, it would. definitely. But with Tarsem Singh at the helm, it would have been a completely different movie anyway. Yeah, because yeah, it would have been all about visuals. Yeah. But I was like, there's no video. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like. There's no way I read that right. No, there's you no way. It's funny you said music videos because the director that they ended up going with, yes. Francis Lawrence, they liked his visual style based on the music videos that he directed. Oh, is that right? Yeah, because this is his directorial debut. Okay. Yeah, I fell down a rabbit hole on his IMDb. Please just do yourself a favor. <laughs> Francis Lawrence, go back and look at the music videos that he has directed because we're literally talking about like Skater Boy. <laughs> we have Goo Goo Dolls, Rock Your Body, Justin Timberlake. I mean, Black Eyed Peas, Jeez. Britney Spears, okay. Jennifer okay, Lopez, yeah. Audio Slave. I mean, Whoa. it is fucking it's wild all like, right just scrolling through i was like i remember that video he did bad romance holy Jeez. shit i was like i remember watching that i remember yeah. watching that like he did fucking mega huge music videos for mega huge artists wow. i was just like getting more and more <laughs> floored as i kept <laughs> yeah. scrolling it's crazy that's pretty cool though yeah, yeah but again two weeks in a row yeah, <laughs> yeah. what are we doing here? i don't know <laughs> I did. Um, he had put together, he said, a five month process of a presentation to present to Keanu Reeves to show how he's thinking about this character, what he wants for the film. And I I don't know exactly how it worked out, but Keanu Reeves, I guess, was the last person to sign off on him becoming the director. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. That's the way he made it seem in the featurette. Like, huh. he, like he's the final boss or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I really got it. Yeah. yeah. Take my best shot. The funny thing, though, that I kept reading is, um, as we said, they used various issues for ins inspiration, mm -hmm. but they did, with Constantine the character, kind of change him to fit Keanu Reeves more than what's in the comic. Yeah. They said Alan Moore, his inspiration in the comic for Constantine was Sting from the police. Yeah. He's from what? Constantine, I think, is from Liverpool. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's funny because I was I was reading on it and about that because I was like, why did they change it so much? Yeah. But I guess the way and this is from the, the wiki page of Constantine. And I guess the way he described it was that, like you said, that the idea for Constantine was really good ideas about serial killers, the Winchester house and wanting sting. Wanting yeah. to draw Sting. What That's, the fuck? Yeah. Like that? Like, <laughs> wanting I, to draw Sting. Yeah, that was it. You can do that anytime yeah. you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can have to I build know. a whole, a whole universe for this yeah. dude. We just want Sting. Yeah. But that, but still, that's wild. Yes. You know what I mean? It's funny to think about because when you look at it, if you if you are a fan of the comics and you're like, oh, they're making a Constantine movie, who's going to play this sarcastic Liverpool Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. Of course. Who else? <laughs> um, but, but on there too, it was funny because they said, because um, same thing, go down a rabbit hole, you, you know what I mean? Oh, this is a comic, you know, you want to know why they change certain things, why? Because they do it all the time. Yeah. Um, 
But they said that in the test audience, when they had the story for him being from Liverpool and being, you know, English and everything, that it was it was it tested poorly. <laughs> but when they changed him to being an American out of L.A. and dealing with the occult and all that same thing. Yeah. But they just changed it that they fucking loved it. That they were like, was oh no, with, yeah. Was that with Keanu, or was it just uh, that the idea? I, I, th- I didn't, I didn't read that far into it, but that's kind of what, what, what I, the couple paragraphs I read. Uh-huh. That's just all they said was that they did the story that's with, so weird. The, yeah. you know, the Liverpool and everything, and that they were like, eh. but when they changed it to him being out of L.A. and everything, they were like, okay, that's we, funny. Yeah, I was like, what the well, fuck. If it was with Keanu, they're like, we've seen Dracula. Yeah. yeah. Like, no. <laughs> right. no, 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 no. scratch that. now before we send this film back to hell we would like to issue a warning for spoilers Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast and in thoroughly discussing horror films we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two if you don't wish to be spoiled please go watch the film then come back and enjoy the show if you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers let's exercise some demons So the film begins with production logos in their normal presentations, but they're quickly dipped into the miserable orange of an apocalyptic hell and crumble away one by one. Submersion. Precisely. (laughs) I love that you you looked up at me. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you're on air. (laughs) (laughs) But we then get on-screen text that reads, He who possesses the spear of destiny holds the fate of the world in his hands followed by the factoid that the Spear of Destiny has been missing since the end of World War II. So the Spear of Destiny is missing, but is the Pick of Destiny all right? That will need another film to discover. (laughs) (laughs) They haven't gotten to that yet. (laughs) I I will admit it's a little, it's it's very nitpicky of me, but I was like, really, that font? It's so plain. Yeah, it is. It's (laughs) pretty plain. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, at least do a serif font or something. (laughs) Make it look cool. Yeah. Sans? Is that Ariel? (laughs) 12 point? All right, shit. But we're then taken to Mexico and the ruins of an old church. Manuel, a scavenger played by Jesse Ramirez, digs through rocks, while Scavenger 2, played by Jose Molina, does the same. I was like, well, at least one person got a name. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But Manuel inches forward, but his foot goes right into the ground, breaking through rotten floorboards. It was funny to me because his foot goes in like he almost falls into like the abyss yeah. he doesn't even react no <laughs> it's like look, we're it's ruins yeah it's what did bound you know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but he peers into the hole that he's created and as tense music rises he eventually reaches his hand in and pulls out a balled up red cloth he unrolls it partially revealing it to be a dirt covered world war ii era flag of nazi germany but inside, he finds the ornate tip of a spear. So before I did some research on this, mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's an interesting kind of dichotomy of finding something so holy wrapped up inside something so evil. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that's interesting. It's a really good point. But um, according to the encyclopedia, um, I think it was either during or just before World War II. Mm-hmm. Adolf Hitler and his regime actually stole the Spear of Destiny from the Hofsburg Museum. And after his death in 1945, it was recovered. And then it was returned to the Hofsburg Museum in 1946. But the thing is, is that there are three possible Spears of Destiny. 
and the Vatican refuses to validate any of them. Very good. What? Yeah. So the opening text at the beginning, well, that was a fucking lie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got so. it. it. It serves the purpose of the yeah, story. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we need it for. <laughs> I also was very glad to hear that after the scene, that flag was destroyed. Awesome. So that nobody could get their hands on it, use it, it for anything. That's like fantastic. That. Yeah. It ser- you served your purpose. Mm-hmm. Now you got to go by. Now, now yeah. you yeah. can go to hell. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> But Manuel holds it in his hands, but something rumbles lowly around him, and he reacts as if he feels a presence. He puts the spear to his chest, and in a Schmeagol-styled posture... <laughs> wow, like, it's as precious now. It is now. <laughs> he then stands up, and he makes his way past scavenger number two. Number two calls out to his friend, who just walks absentmindedly into the street. But out of nowhere, Manuel is struck by a speeding vehicle reducing the ride to wreckage tangled around his body. You forgot that <laughs> Manuel said... I already... Because <laughs> it's in my script, too. <laughs> <laughs> then you can just drop fucking dead. <laughs> I will say, from the angle, I knew that this was coming. Yeah. I did not anticipate what happens next, though. No. no but uh, you got to look both ways, man. You got yes, yeah, yeah. That's, that's rule number one. Yeah. I um did see in a featurette the way that they filmed this. They actually destroyed a fucking car to do this. Wow. Oh, shit. It looks the way that it comes across in the amount of CG that's used later. Yeah. You would think that this would have been completely yeah. computer yeah. generated, but they caught it from different angles so it can like go up. It was on hydraulics. Like it was a whole thing. Damn. <laughs> All right. They didn't actually hit this actor, though. He no. was- <laughs> Good. <laughs> he was fine. But we do see a symbol burning into his wrist and a trail of veins leading from it to his hand, still clinching the dagger. Through the smoke, Manuel pulls himself up, hops over the heap of metal, and just takes off running. <laughs> it just leaves his friend. Yeah. You're like, Manuel? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I, I, I've never been more shocked. <laughs> yeah, but what the fuck? I thought what I thought I was like, okay, so him having this, you know, it brought on yes, some kind of exa- something. Yeah. That's exactly what I thought. And, and then it's like, oh no, he no. just got up like a cat. And <laughs> like, okay. It's like, okay, eight lives left. That's <laughs> we're fine. That one was on me. <laughs> Look both ways. Yeah. Well, he blocked the car with the spear. That's so right. Like, oh, all right. <laughs> it's a scratch. Uh, <laughs> but a flesh wound. Yes. <laughs> but in a rather subdued fashion, we then get the title. Constantine. I thought it was very subdued for what Yeah. For like what's to come. Yeah. yeah. I'm like fucking the logos at the beginning got yeah. more. <laughs> They're like Constantine, whatever. whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. get to the, get to the- <laughs> But in the next shot, we're taken to a Los Angeles apartment where a tea kettle whistles on the stove. A mother, played by Suzanne Wong, retrieves it and pours a cup of tea. It always comes back to this. But I do want to say that this actress played a nurse on the Mama Boone episode. (laughs) (laughs) Always comes back to Nip Nip Talk. Talk. Oh, yeah. I double checked and I was like, that's you? That's her. (laughs) But she walks down the hall, stopping at a bedroom door. Once she opens it, she drops to her knees in horror. She then crosses herself as she looks up to the ceiling where we find her daughter, played by Joanna Trias, crouched upside down, clearly possessed by a demon yeah yeah there's no way around that so uh no to the tea then Uh, (laughs) (laughs) more more of a coffee kind of girl i get it that's fine (laughs) you're gonna have to get off there if you want to drink this yeah Yeah. i don't understand how gravity (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna get it everywhere (laughs) 
But the mother screams, cutting to shots of the desolate hallway and, of course, a stair hole. Woo! Yeah. Now, I did want to call him out, not just because of the stair hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we get a decent amount of very interesting shots in this film. Yes. There's a couple coming up that it's like, it's beyond impressive. Yeah. The cinematographer was actually Oscar winner Philippe Ruslo. A couple of films from his filmography, actually three, he did Interview with the Vampire. Okay. Remember the Titans mm-hmm. and Big Fish. Hey, hey all right. Last. Yeah. <laughs> Love Big Fish. Yes. But a cab pulls up outside and an arm reaches out, dropping a burning cigarette to the ground. If you guys <laughs> like cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, do I have a film for you. (laughs) But a man steps out, heading into the lobby of the apartment building, placing another cigarette into his mouth and lighting it. This is John Constantine, played by Keanu Reeves. The man of the hour. You love it. Mr. John Wick himself. Yes. I didn't, like, I was looking at the proximity because obviously Keanu Reeves has kind of always been a star. Yeah. Yeah. This is him fresh off the Matrix trilogy. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. So he was like hot. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think the last one was like 2004. Yeah. Damn. And so right after. Yeah. Yeah. But from behind a pillar, Father Hennessy, played by... (laughs) Pruitt Taylor Vince. Hey, it's that doctor that was trying to help that killer, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. He, he quit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what an identity. Yeah. Yes, again. Yeah. How does this keep happening? I do not know. Whenever he I, popped out, I was yeah, like, I yeah. gasped. Yeah. He's great. He oh. is in everything. He's probably one of the best character actors that we've talked about. Yeah. I, I everything he's in, he's very captivating on screen. Oh he yeah. Is. You just want to be like, what's he okay, what's next? Yeah. I said Tilda earlier, but I'm like, all right, what's this? Also <laughs> you though. Yeah. Get a scene with him together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he steps out and whispers to John that he thinks he found him one. John looks slightly perturbed, but Hennessy assures him that as soon as he knew he couldn't pull it off himself, he called him. John then heads upstairs, passing a hallway now full of concerned neighbors. He casually strolls into the apartment, past the family of the possessed girl, and into her bedroom to find her tied to the bed. He leaves a cigarette on the dresser and approaches the girl, who snarls at him. I would be offended if somebody is showing up to perform an exorcism on me and they're that fucking bored. Like I would be, that is so rude. I would, I would be well. offended, but at the same time, I'm like, well, this is just every day. I'm in good yeah. hands. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an oil like, change. Can you, yeah. can you at least act a little scared or like act scared? Yeah, no. Do you really want I, that? Yeah. I need my priest or whatever to yeah. be confident. Yeah. Please be confident. Seriously. Be confident, shit not bored. Imagine well. if you snarl at him and he's like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Ah! Fuck this. Yeah, don't, yeah. <laughs> no. Just turns tail. Come on, man. <laughs> That's not what you want. You're just scratching from the inside. Yeah. <laughs> but John tears the sheet from the window, causing sunlight to beam into the room, and the girl does not take it well, to say the least. John then pulls out a keychain, cycling through several small medallions until one catches the light of the sun and sends the girl reeling in pain. She hisses away from it, her body contorted and her back arched. John then steps onto the bed with his outside shoes and leans over the girl. Not the outside shoes. I don't. <laughs> hey, I don't like that. Just Take pull, them off. The, pull the demon out of me. That's <laughs> why. Yeah, I no. don't know. You are a guest in this. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> exactly. If that's some muddy feet prints. All right. And I, you know what I mean? That's the least of my work. I'll trade <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> a dirty sheet for a non-demon. Yeah, I guess. And like, come on. It's close. I'll tell yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> 
But he whispers into the girl's ear, this is Constantine. John Constantine, asshole. I tell people that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, John That's not Paul. your name. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was in character. But the girl begins to growl at him and speaks in a language foreign to me and also whoever wrote the subtitles. <laughs> but John just replies, sure, before pressing the medallion into her forehead, causing her to scream as smoke rises and her family looks on fearfully. John whispers to her in Latin as she writhes and shakes the bed. The girl's mother clutches a rosary and a Bible, watching as suddenly her daughter stops moving. John looks at the girl in confusion, red veins tracing her face and throat. But when he leans in for a closer look, a demonic face growls at him, stretching the skin in her neck. John socks it in the face, knocking the girl out. That was hilarious (laughs) to me because I thought he'd have like a more like exorcist-y <laughs> approach, but he was just like, oh, hell oh, no. This is not yeah. Well, again, he does this all the time. Yeah. So. <laughs> it, and it was just over so quick. Yeah. I was like, no holy water? No. Just a punch. No, yeah, okay. just a punch. Oh, wow. Cool. But he then asks her family for a three-foot-tall mirror, and they rush to get it for him. He then rips out a telephone wire from the wall and smashes out the bedroom window with a chair. So you're going to pay for that? Or? Yeah, I was like, there goes the deposit. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thank right. you very much. Wow. <laughs> we said make yourself at home. Yeah, but there's <laughs> a patio, dude. We can't have to But out in the car, amidst books of witchcraft and Satanism, we see Chaz, John's driver and apprentice, played by Shia LaBeouf, waiting in the car. Ew. Yeah. Uh, I forgot this. I know, but at this this time, he was kind of a hot commodity. He was. But my only thing, and this is a huge issue, probably the, no, the biggest issue that I have with this movie, who the fuck is he? (laughs) How do we know him? Well, he- He's his apprentice. Well, how? Well, he says that later. He says, but, but I, are you I asking, need a backstory. How did Constantine well, meet this kid? Yes. Yeah. Meet this child? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, What's up with the cab? Like, I have a lot of questions. I, the cab is my biggest question. Yeah. yeah. And you then work later, for the service? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, we he get, says he does. I don't believe him. But, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, okay, I'll give you that. There is no, no. There's no age. We don't understand how old he is, where the car came from. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get into it more later because there's a point where i was like i mean we'll get into it i don't want to give anything away but i feel like except for maybe one thing later on he's he's useless like i i don't care Uh, about his character at all i think um the performance is supposed to make you i guess maybe identify because you don't know the shit right right you're kind of him in this world so i think you're supposed to put yourself right right. but he acts like he knows everything well then i don't know what's going on (laughs) i i disagree i enjoy what he's doing here i i i do understand that he's few but I understand what if reading more about the comic character, uh-huh. now I kind of understand a little more okay, why so he's there. Maybe I'm just missing the context then because it's well, not the in the movie. Well, the comic character is a little different. He do, he is a humanitarian, and he, but he is also an asshole and he's no nonsense. Right. So, I mean, you know, so I think that his role in this movie, though it's short, uh-huh. it's there for... For a reason. Tell me if this would help you. I did read in the comic that Chaz is in the comic the same yes. age as Constantine. And it's not really an apprentice relationship. It's more of like an a uh, like uh almost like a partner. 
That that would help because I don't see John Constantine as the type to have an apprentice and he doesn't necessarily take the time to try to teach his kid anything. (laughs) I just feel like the dynamic dynamic is just weird and I I wish it were explained. Like maybe it's his nephew or like Uh something that like he's stuck with him. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't get it. I'm missing something there. I feel like this is his nephew. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Constantine's sister's like, (laughs) can you watch it? Work, dude. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I'll, br- I'll bring him with me. <laughs> How about that? But this feels like at the time where they were kind of just putting Shia LaBeouf and yeah. fucking everything. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's what it feels like. It's like it's just ticking a box instead of like actually. I don't know. I, I don't know. know. I no. know whenever I was a teenager watching this, yeah. this worked for me very well because I was also. We were Shia. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, well, you know, um, glad we're not fucking Shia now. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> That's a fair point. Yeah. Hey, I, a scumbag piece of shit. I haven't there said you go. that. Yeah. It's been too long. In a very long time. But I, 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 I mean feel it. like we could just, I mean, even if it wasn't Shia, I, I, so I'm not saying I like Shia. No, 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 no. But yeah, the character. The character. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine uh, with the character. Even if it was somebody else, but I, I, I can understand, but it, but like that, I, I think maybe that's it. It's to explain things and he's there just enough when we need him to explain things. Yes. Yeah. And there comes a point later that that exposition is v- in a different way. It would have been like, wow, they're really dumping a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's so well placed. That's, and it's because of who he is. That's yeah. fair. I just would like more of a flesh out of their relationship. No, yeah, I think, I agree. or just him as a character, because yeah, it's true. It's very unclear. Yeah. <laughs> so, your, do your parents live in yeah, the city? Yeah. Or? <laughs> do they know what you're doing? Yeah, because we never see like his his Constantine's apartment. We see yes, but yeah. it's like, is he sleeping in the car yeah. <laughs> outside? <laughs> we don't. We don't know. I don't know. But Chaz looks into the rearview mirror and says, "This is Kramer." Chaz Kramer, asshole. I was like, that's that's just you're stealing. Yeah, yeah. He's stealing. It is a great name though. It's pretty good. It's no Cosmo Kramer. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Chaz goes in for a second line reading, but is interrupted when John calls out to him from the fire escape, telling him to move the car. And honestly, the first line reading was better, but yeah. <laughs> But Chaz reluctantly does move the car, but just barely. Barely. Look, I don't know how long you've been working with John Constantine. <laughs> yeah, no shit. But yeah. if he says move the car, get out of the move alley. Move the yeah. car. <laughs> get out of that. Completely. All right, go around the block. Yeah, get out of here. But after he barely moves the car, John moves the girl's bed to line up with her window frame. Her relatives return with a long, heavy mirror, and Hennessy steps into the door frame. Looking way dirtier than I remember him looking yeah, earlier. Yeah. He did look dirty. Did he get lost on the way upstairs? <laughs> What's the elevator like, man? He fell yeah. down the stairs. <laughs> yeah. So it was rough. Just, yeah. no, you're busy. Don't we'll ask. talk later. <laughs> but they tie the mirror with the telephone wire, and four men hold it above John and the girl while Hennessy drags the wire over the top of the mirror and holds it. John tells the men to close their eyes and says, Whatever they do, don't look. That's scary as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And of course somebody. Oh, yeah. say, my nosy ass would be the one that's just like, yeah. oh, it's no, just a, yeah. it's just uh, a pee. <laughs> like, it's not going to hurt anything. What does he know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is my house. <laughs> right, stepping all over the bed. <laughs> Shoes like, on yeah. the bed. My neighbor <laughs> telling me where to look. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking my windows. <laughs> <And> then, ah! <laughs> <laughs> then my life's ruined. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I like this whole what's it like Me too. I, yeah. Because it, uh I'll I'll let you finish this but I liked everything that was happening <laughs> <Okay>. here. <laughs> 
But John throws his hand over the girl's eyes and begins to whisper to her in Latin. One man holding the mirror, played by C.W. Pyan, can't help but take a look. <laughs> and as soon as he does, fear fills his face and his hair turns white as he collapses into a chair. Yeah, see this? Evil Dead. I was yeah. like, yeah. yeah. No <laughs> joke. Yeah. I was like, hell yeah. But that still, that keeps in Evil Dead, Deadites. You see something so scary. That it's- this motherfucker's hair turned white. <laughs> this will told you, don't, don't look. look. Yeah. All you had to do was hold a mirror. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes <laughs> yeah, you want to know. Some of us are nosier no. than others. <laughs> <laughs> this is how ridiculous I am. I th- it makes way more sense the way that you framed it. It, it, it happened in It, Henry Bowers. Yeah. Hair. T, what did you, you think? Scared. I was like, oh, that must be the demon's power. He makes you old. <laughs> <laughs> he ages He you. aged him like 50 years. <laughs> now, is he going to get that time back? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> See a spinoff of him trying to get his life back together. <laughs> but yeah, he got really scared. Yeah, yeah. it was very scary. <laughs> But the girl seizes the opportunity to struggle against John, but he gains the upper hand, whispering into her ear to the demon in her throat, smile pretty, you vain prick. And again, I feel like this would have been an interesting line delivered by a snarky Brit. Yeah. But it's Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Like, Oi, prick. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it would have been. Oh, okay. That's right. <laughs> that was the whole line. That I did it for you. All right. You've left out the vein. No, no. Smile pretty. Was it, it, was, the whole? it was implied. Oh, okay. But we suddenly see a skeletal demonic entity inside the mirror and the girl appears captivated by the reflection. John gives it the finger saying that it's a message for the demon's boss. He's got jokes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But he urges Hennessy to pull the wire to send the mirror out of the window. But the large frame of it gets caught on the wall. John realizes that he'll have to do it himself, and so he snags the wire, pulling it with all his might, almost horizontal with his legs on the frame of the bed. Yeah. I was like, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a better way to do this. Yeah. I'm like, turn it. What the yeah. fuck? Tilt it. Yeah. yeah. Why isn't, the, what is this wire made of, <laughs> by the way? <laughs> like somebody just. Yeah. yeah. And they just had all this at no notice. No. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we have, yeah. A, yeah. Giant have a giant three foot mirror. <laughs> Perfect. For this occasion. We were waiting for an occasion. <laughs> hey, but um, on the bullshit, you asked for a three-foot mirror, I can go in my closet. Honestly. <laughs> I think I also I have, have a three-foot mirror. <laughs> waiting for demonic possession Yeah, yeah well. just, we, we gotta yeah, plan just ahead. for that. <laughs> Always be prepared. Always. But the mirror finally breaks through, flying out of the window in slow motion with the demon trapped inside until it falls under the hood of the cab, shattering the glass. The girl, now free of the demon, inhales deeply as she returns to herself and calls out to her mother. As her family rushes to her, John returns to his feet, stumbling to the kitchen for another cigarette, only to find the pack empty. But in the kitchen, he finds a drawing pinned to the wall, a drawing of the Spear of Destiny. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. It's funny to me that her mother found her on the ceiling that morning. But she also had time for art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, need, I need him to know. <laughs> but John exits the apartment with Hennessy. But as they leave, though, a figure in a suit stands above them on the staircase, staring down into the stair hole and doing that coin flippy trick on the back of the hand. Yeah, this fly motherfucker. Right? Real. I was like, what's Harvey Dent doing yeah. up there? <laughs> I did laugh because you have to be really confident in your abilities because if he dropped that coin, yeah. like, what the fuck? He's, yeah, like, oh, he's got to run away. Cover his clothes, man. Give your own cell phone. <laughs> I thought it'd be cool. <laughs> but they reach, they reach the lobby 
and Hennessy takes a deep drink from a flask, which he says keeps the voices out of his head so that he can sleep at night. I did think that it was a little on the nose to make him a drinker and name him Hennessy. Yeah, I noticed yeah, that too. But I mean, maybe that's a nickname. He's Father yeah. Hennessy. <laughs> and there's another character that also has a very funny name that i was like i mean well (laughs) we all gotta have code names i guess so all of your friends though (laughs) all of them every single one but john says that he needs some help from him though which makes hennessy nervously clutch his necklace john says that he knows that that exorcism wasn't right so he asks Hennessy to listen to the ether for anything unusual as he unclasps Hennessy's necklace. He places it into Hennessy's coat pocket, telling him that he doesn't need its protection and that it'll be like it was back in the day. He assures him it'll only be for a few days, and Hennessy says that he'll do it for him. So this is one thing I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. Because part of me is like, okay, good. I am fine with you not explaining everything to me. Mm-hmm. And the other part of me is like, man, there's a lot of implied history in this film. Yeah. I, you know? I would agree with that. I feel like the only, like, I know that I was just bitching about him and Chaz or whatever, but I think the only thing that gives it a pass is it's enough for us to know that the necklace stops it. Uh-huh. You're taking it off. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, he is uneasy. He's yeah. very uneasy. It's, it's you know, not like, what was it? Uh, first power where there's a random oh, amulet. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's enough to... <laughs> well, hold on, though. <laughs> <laughs> I did. It did, though. I think the thing was for me is that later on, there's another moment where he's like, you remember when uh, we yeah. used to... You know, yeah. And you're like, oh, I guess they I were don't, friends. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember that. I, I was not here for that. But sure, go off. <laughs> But outside, Chaz is annoyed that John's plan involved smashing a giant mirror into his car with a demon inside. And considering it's not Chaz's car, it's kind of a dick move. He told you he to move. He said to move. He yeah. Did. He did. I'm not on Chaz's side. <laughs> <laughs> he said, get out of the alley. He did. <laughs> but John reminds him that he did tell him to move the cab, which Chaz did, but obviously not far enough. He barely moved. Yeah. <laughs> John gets into the back of the cab, attempting to give Chaz directions, which annoys him because that's kind of his whole gig. I guess. Yeah. I guess he's a cab driver. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But they take off, arriving shortly at a bowling alley. Chaz asks if maybe he ever thought that he might be able to help him if you just let him in on what's going on. And before heading inside the building alone, John just says, nope. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> that was a good talk. <laughs> so this is again. I understand he's his apprentice, but what am I doing? But yeah. that's what I'm saying. Is he your apprentice? Like, is I... this a self-appointed position? <laughs> <laughs> but it feels like it feels like an internship where you're like, all right, so I'm getting going to learn it. He's like, no, you're getting coffee. Yeah, go yeah. get some cigarettes. And you're like, yeah. but I thought today we were gonna get me coffee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That makes me laugh about John too. Is when he's done with the conversation, he's oh. just done. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, no need to talk about it anymore. Right, he's like, yeah, no, I'm a- out. You remember Einstein when he was like an asshole to his wife and he was like, if I ever say that I'm done with the conversation, that's it. I'm that's he wrote Ew. like a, he wrote like a long like list of demands that he gave to his wife. And one of them was if we're having a conversation and I'm done with it and leave the room, you can't get mad at me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, what the fuck? it's like, fuck you, dude. Just divorce me. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you married to me? Oh my God. If she's like, oh, yeah. And a funny thing happened at work. He's like, goodbye. <laughs> 
That's <laughs> fucking crazy. He just gets up and walk, <laughs> turn the lamp off. And he goes, like, know. I'm still in here. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck? You can't get mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, that was fucked up. Oh my God, that's too much. <laughs> but to the sound of clattering pins on the floor below, John enters his apartment. He's living the Frank Grimes lifestyle. I was yeah. just thinking that. <laughs> But pensive piano plays as he sits on his bed and lights another cigarette. But in a large and lavishly decorated church, Angela Dodson, played by Rachel Wise, enters a confessional booth. Love her. Yes. But she goes through the usual preamble, admitting that it's been two weeks since her last confession. But she says that she killed a man today. Another one. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you you're singing think- Bohemian Rhapsody wrong, this is a yeah. big problem. You skipped some parts. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you ever think like in the confessional booth, they are like, what, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> <laughs> they have to be. I would kind of love to have that job just for like just a trial period. Oh. Yeah, just to hear. Oh, I, I is she not I his wife? Like, that is just, just the tea. No, you, that's and, it. And yeah, you gotta go through a lot to get that tea. It's um, not worth it. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just filling in. Oh. I'm the most fun they've ever had. Yeah, but then when the priest gets here, they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> Get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. I'm like, dude, don't beat yourself up. Just go home. <laughs> that dude's cheating on his wife, by the way. Did y'all fucking and then hear what he <laughs> Your picture's hanging up in the back of the <laughs> But Angela says that most cops go 20 years without firing their guns and asks why she always knows where these guys are, where to aim, and when to fire. But intercut with her confession are shots of her entering her apartment, checking her mail, and sitting in front of her laptop. She asks the priest if there's anything wrong with her, something damned. The priest just tells her that God has a plan for her, he has a plan for everyone, and that she shouldn't let her faith be overshadowed by her guilt. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> See, I would be much better at this. Well, you'd be like, go on. Right. <laughs> go you ahead. Just, right. yeah. Say one pina colada and then you're fine and go on. Like, pina colada? Right. What? Is that <laughs> Renee in there? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Father Smith, Father Smith, she's back. <laughs> he gets a broom. <laughs> Shoo. Um... <laughs> Smith. I don't know. I can't think of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Pina coladas. But <laughs> Angela combs her hair in her apartment, her voice telling the priest that she's really trying very hard. The camera floats above her as she lies in bed that night, but her sleep is interrupted when a voice whispers, Isabel. But we match cut to a shot of Isabel Dotson, Angela's twin sister, also played by Rachel Wise, waking up in her bed in the psychiatric ward of a hospital. She steps out of bed, passing by a crucifix on the wall to stand in front of the door to her room. She opens it slowly, checking to make sure the coast is clear, then rushes up a nearby stairwell to the roof. Glad the security at this hospital is oh, yeah, yeah. It's tight. <laughs> Fantastic. I didn't see one other human. No. no. What is this the fuck? Haddonfield Memorial? Yeah. <laughs> there is in the hot tub. <laughs> but she walks to the edge of the building, and as she rips off her hospital bracelet, we see that she has the same symbol engraved into her wrist that the scavenger did at the beginning of the film. Her bracelet rides a breeze over the city lights and the massive crucifix at the front of the hospital building. The voice whispers to her again. Isabel. The camera pulls back from her, then from a ground floor view, 
Isabel leaps from the building, her arms outstretched, crashing through a sheet of glass several stories below and into a swimming pool. The camera presses in on her eyes, staring lifelessly. That shot. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. yeah. And you didn't need to. That's what I no, love. No, they really went the extra mile for yeah. a lot of shit in this, yeah. honestly. Because that's, it's, what I love about creative choices is when they're completely unnecessary. Yeah. But welcome. Oh, oh yeah. absolutely. And they do that so much in this film. Now, I thought this was a dream. That's, yes, yes. Yeah. At first. Because I was like, there's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Like, yeah. you should probably, like, we should probably talk to somebody about this. But uh, no, it's happened. No, yeah. yeah. I probably shouldn't have given away her credit. At the th- <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to find out in Let a second Let people anyway. think it was a dream yes. a little bit longer. <laughs> but Angela wakes up in fright in her apartment, catching her breath as her cat walks by her, meowing. I bet that cat was mad. Oh, like, yeah. I was asleep. Uh, yeah, Thanks. can you yeah. sh- like, please <laughs> or we could take the more charitable reading of him comforting her but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well everything's better now because the cat's here yeah. yes but in his apartment john coughs violently rushing to his sink where he coughs blood into it he wipes his mouth and looks at himself in the mirror we do see that he has tattoos on his forearms that will become very important later mm-hmm. yeah it is like a little like uh Hold that thought. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, when they do become important, I was like, I would have loved for this. Yeah. To <laughs> explained it all. <laughs> oh, we he can do said, that? We yeah. just accept it. <laughs> oh, wow. Cool. Cool. It, it, it is. I did a little kind of looking into what they mean and all yes, that. Yes, please. Um, and I'll wait till later when okay. we get. But it is. Uh, that is something too. I think that it, if you know the comic, it helps a lot more. Okay. But it, I was like, I don't. I too. The first time you see it, I was like, oh, all right. And yeah. Then, you just that's accept it. it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Because I didn't ask any questions. No. Nope. I was like, yeah, that's just part of what he. Yeah. That's John Constantine. <laughs> yeah. Duh. But we cut to that hospital the next day, getting a shot of a chest X-ray. In it, we see a pair of lungs riddled with glowing splotches. John holds a cigarette in his hand and says that after all the things he's beaten, things that people have never even heard of, now he's going to be done in by this. I don't think he should be smoking in there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But also, don't smoke, y'all. Yeah. On the side, don't do it. Podmortem PSA. Yes. But Dr. Archer, played by April Grace, tells him that he wouldn't be the first. He reminds her that she's saved him before and asks if she can do it again. But she tells him that the cancer is aggressive. She notes the irony that 20 years ago, he didn't want to be here. And now he doesn't want to leave. I was like, that's fucked up. God damn. Cool. Yeah, you got an F in bedside manner, right? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Thank you for pointing that out. Especially what we learn later. It's like, that's the most fucked up thing. Why would you say that? Who is your supervisor? (laughs) (laughs) God. But John immediately lights a cigarette and Archer's like, yeah, good idea. Yeah. But she tells him that he should prepare and make arrangements, but he just scoffs and tells her before he leaves that there's no need. He already knows exactly where he's going. I was like, ooh, edgy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of moments because I think his line reading, he is so serious. Yeah, Yeah, he is. I think that's the thing. Because imagine a snarky Brit saying that. You're like, all right, it's really good. But he's like, I already know. (laughs) Oh, my God. Keanu, I'm so sorry. You want a cupcake? Yeah, goddamn. A hug? How can I cheer you up? I feel so terrible. But Angela arrives at the hospital, greeting a line of officers and personnel on her way to a crime scene. 
Detective Weiss, played by Jose Zuniga, tries to stop Angela before she goes in, but she makes her way past him. I just want to say really quick, this has nothing to do with anything, but this man plays a detective on almost everything. Yeah. Like I wanted to specifically say CSI. Really? Because as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, this is a detective from CSI. Desperate Housewives. Of course. And (laughs) Nip Tug. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. Why didn't I remember it? Maybe that's why he looked he looked familiar. He's, yeah. he's a detective in everything. Was he a detective when with Colleen? Was that I can't remember. Okay. But it's <laughs> it, it, it's everything. Because I'm yeah. like, when did Because he looks very familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You've seen him play a cop. Like I guarantee you. <laughs> but Weiss asks all the other personnel to leave the room. Everyone else leaves and he closes the door as Angela kneels by the side of the pool. She looks up to where Isabel fell from before pulling the sheet down, covering the body of her sister. This is when I was like, oh, so that happened. Like that happened. Yeah. yeah. But she leans in close, moving a hair that was out of place, whispering her sister's name. Angela asks if she fell, but Weiss corrects her, saying that she jumped. Angela disagrees, and Weiss says that he knows that it's hard to accept, but Isabel was sick. Angela says that her sister would never do this, period. Weiss counters that there were security cameras in the area. So there were cameras, just no one monitoring them. No. Yeah. Because she should never have been able to get up on the roof. No, it's like uh, they taped it for the yeah. morning. Yeah. <laughs> well, what happened last night? Oh, yeah. let's check. Oh, fuck. Yeah, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. Someone should, yeah. someone should have been <laughs> no here. No shit. But John walks down the hall, smoking his cigarette as he steps into the elevator. Angela rushes to catch the elevator asking John to hold the door for her and asking him if he's going down. John quips, not if I can help it, as the door closes before she can get on. What a no. dick, dude. She's like, I don't know what that I means. Like- <laughs> I know nothing of what you've just been through. I was like, for what? Why did you close the door? I don't know. I think He didn't close the door. No. The elevator closed. He let it close. There I- was no reason for that. <laughs> I think that's the thing is that him playing it so serious sometimes like lines like that, he just looks like a dick. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't look snarky. He doesn't look, he just looks like an asshole. <laughs> not if I can help it. I was like, like come on. What? Man. It's like, I don't know anything about your diagnosis, dude. So you don't want to leave the hospital? That's weird. So you're going up then, is what you're telling me. What the fuck is going on? But somewhere in Mexico, Manuel, still holding the dagger in his hand, pulls himself over a barbed wire fence with ease. He like leaps over it. I was like, yeah. damn, Manuel is just out here living his best life. Yeah. He's really taken to this you dagger. Yeah. <laughs> But after he lands on the other side, he walks down a road surrounded by animals. As he continues on, the animals fall over dead just as he passes them. I loved this. It's oh, great. yeah. I thought he farted and they were like, oh, <laughs> like, oh no. It's, what was it? The fainting sheep or whatever? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it's I, so creepy. Yeah. I think that they do a really good job of balancing everything yeah. Yeah. in this film because it it is clearly made to be kind of a blockbuster film yeah but they do keep it dark enough yeah to where it appeals to horror fans oh yeah like it's great i will say i did see on wikipedia they were like constantine the 2005 superhero horror i was like superhero yeah hmm, I, that's, don't. I wouldn't it, call it that but yeah i wouldn't go that is far. it every comic book you're like I, well it's, yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's a superhero it's like something like a grandmother would say or something. <laughs> I got you those superhero books or yeah. whatever. Like, Go see a Star War. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I Okay, so I will admit, um, 
I just put animals mm-hmm. because my TV was very dark and I couldn't. Oh tell. my god! <laughs> I couldn't. I dude. I literally. I turned up everything and I looked and I was like, I can't tell if that's Can a sheep you or. Please a, watch what, it in well, another room. Well, then, what animal? You tell me what animal it was. I don't remember now. Uh, yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking right. My TV was too bright. I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> like God damn, is that a cow? <laughs> I can't Son see shit. <laughs> it was a cow. Oh, okay. <laughs> But a jazz record plays in John's apartment as Beeman, played by Max Baker, arrives. John just asks him to humor him, and Beeman says that he always does. He finds a little knickknack on the table that bleats like a sheep when you tip it over, which Beeman happily collects. I was like, is this his payment? Yeah. It looks like He's like, that's for you. Yeah. <laughs> but again, like we were saying before, this like arrangement is not explained. Oh, no. Yeah. But there's enough here that you kind of get the gist of what they're doing and like the fact that he kind of like seems to collect these human things or whatever. Yeah. Right. But so. yeah, it's it's also not explained. <laughs> <laughs> But Beeman asks John how he's feeling, but John just asks him what's new. Beeman puts his bag on the table and retrieves items from it. Bullet shavings from the assassination attempt on the Pope, holy water ampules from the River Jordan, and last but not least, a screech beetle from Amityville, which he says is like nails on a chalkboard to the fallen. John tries it out, asking what is it with Beeman and bugs? Defensively, Beeman's like, I just think they're neat. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. But John, it's funny to me because in that moment, it seems like he's coming down on him. Yeah. But then John's like, who doesn't? Yeah. And you're like, oh, they're friends. It's like, oh, okay. And this is when I busted out laughing that a man obsessed with bugs is named Beeman. <laughs> so this is Hennessy all over again. Yeah. <laughs> But John scoops up something that looks like a golden wand from the table, and Beeman tells him to be careful with it, telling him that it's dragon's breath. John, in disbelief that Beeman was able to procure it, points it away from the both of them, sending a large flame out of it, demonstrating what it's capable of. Well, don't waste it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, mean, you got to try it. Yeah, out. I was going to say, I no, kind of want to see what it does. But... Now, am I wrong? Do we ever see dragon's breath again? Because I know there's a scene with something with fire, but I don't remember a wand at all. I don't know. Because I was like, you made a big deal out of this. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't use that. I don't I, know. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's used with something else later. It's in combo. Yeah. Because there, he does one thing that is beyond. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, John, I don't care what your powers are. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but John finally lets Beeman in on what's up telling him about the exorcism performed the day before. He says it was a soldier demon that looked like it was trying to come through. Beeman doubts this, saying that humans are like finger puppets to demons, not doorways. I was like, that's a good line. Yeah. I, I really like that concept, too, that yeah. that's what they're introducing. That is just yeah. for fun. Yeah, which is kind of hilarious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are fucked up, dude. So you want to go see a movie? No, let's possess them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is, but like you were saying earlier, I feel like the idea of what this movie like gives you uh-huh. of how good and evil is like that's fucking that's great and scary yes yeah, it because is. it's like all right it, do i just feel confident or is that 
<laughs> something bad that I shouldn't be doing to feel yeah. Co- yeah, confident yeah. about. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, oh no, I can kick this guy's ass. Wait, what the fuck? Where's that? that? Yeah, yeah, where did where that come from? from? <laughs> like, there's no reason for me to think that. And I think it's it's funny because it only paints the demons in a more like sadistic light. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, oh, they don't even need it's to be like, doing this. You don't this. have yeah. to do this. That's just uh, that's their uh, always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> But Beeman says that they can use people, but not as entrances to the earthly plane. But John asks him to check the scrolls and see if there's any precedence for something like this at all. Before he leaves, though, Beeman asks if there's anything else, and John sheepishly asks if he has anything for a... But before he can answer, Beeman retrieves some cough suppressant from his bag, which he says is on the house. Aww. Very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. He's been dealing with that cough for a while. That's really sad. I know how that feels. (laughs) (laughs) I did want to point out, and, and this is not giving anything away in the future, but the first thought that I had when he handed him the cough syrup, yeah, I said, Beeman's going to die. And the reason I thought that is because it reminded me of that episode of Breaking Bad where Walter is like throwing up in the bathroom and that custodian is so sweet to him mm-hmm. and he gives him a piece of gum and he's like, oh, thanks, Hugo. And I'm like, oh, Hugo's going to get Bye, fucked Hugo. over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this will be the last we see of Hugo. <laughs> Alas, poor Hugo. <laughs> yeah. It's like kindness like that. Yeah. <laughs> it does not get rewarded. <laughs> <laughs> but that night, John and Chaz sit in the cab underneath a downpour of rain. Chaz sarcastically asks how much longer he has to be John's slave, but John corrects him, telling him that he's a very appreciated apprentice. Is he? Mm, uh, You're his cab. (laughs) I I wanted to point out the start of the scene when you're looking down. Again, it looks like like a comic book. Yes. Like it feels, I don't know, I, I just really appreciated that it felt like they really took the extra step to put in shots like that. Oh, yeah. It feels like um, even if they're not directly completely adapting something, mm-hmm. yeah. they're really trying to capture the feel. The vibe, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I just, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> More than then. he appreciates Jazz. But. <laughs> but Jazz asks why he isn't allowed to apprentice anything aside from driving. And John answers by exiting the cab. He Einsteined it. He did. I'm finished. You can't get mad at me either. John heads inside a large library, and an attendant, played by Nicholas Downs, asks John if he can take his coat, but John says that there's no need as he won't be here long. The attendant then asks, What about you, ma'am? And from behind John, outsteps Angela. She gives the same response, but says that she really needs to speak with him. It's important. John reminds her, first come, first served. Now, of, of course, it's more of him being an asshole. Yeah. yeah, he's so mean. But this entire like interaction between him and Angela both times, it's reminding me a lot of that episode of The Simpsons where Lisa meets Hugh at the library. And their only interactions are him getting in her way and fucking her shit up. Like, it's so bad because she's like, this again. She wants the snack. He takes the last one. She wants the Try book. Check out the book. It. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to challenge each other to read the Bible or something. (laughs) (laughs) But Angela does recognize him as the dick from the elevator, remarking that he's just rude no matter where he is. I mean, he is. That's a fair point. (laughs) But they walk past the attendant and Angela stops to talk to Father Garrett, played by Francis Quinan, asking him if he has news, which he says he does. John, however, approaches a figure staring into the fireplace. 
large, dark gray wings suddenly grow out of their back, and John doesn't even flinch. I was like, can everybody see that? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, dude, fuck. keep yeah. it. Like, <laughs> You're blowing up our spot, yeah. man. <laughs> but this is Gabriel, played by the incredible, inimitable Tilda Swinton. She's really in a league oh, of yeah. her own. Yes. And is so great mm-hmm. in this role. It's unbelievable. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, the casting, perfect. That's, yeah, perfect. it really, there, nobody else. Like, no. I can't imagine anybody else doing but again, like you said at the beginning, I just want more. That's the thing. Yeah. Lauren said that whenever it came to casting, like even going through the entire cast of characters, mm-hmm. one of the first people he thought of was Tilda Swinton. And he said... For That's, Gabriel? Yeah. Well, it's, no, it's yeah. Perfect. And I, I'll even go as far to say, honestly, if I pictured an angel, that's probably what I pictured they would look like. Honestly. Like on, just like that. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's perfect. Um, also, I wanted to point out that I think it's awesome that in 2005, they're presenting Gabriel the Angel in this way. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I It's probably my favorite thing about this film. It's, yeah. It's excellent. I love it. But wearing a stylish suit and a bold pink tie, Gabriel simply says to John, I know what you want, son. John asks if they've been keeping their eye on him. And Gabriel says that they could offer a line about every shepherd being responsible for even the most wayward of their flock but admits that that would sound a little disingenuous. But Angela tells Father Garrett that Isabel has to have a Catholic funeral, but he reminds her that it's still considered a mortal sin. Angela says that her sister didn't die by suicide, but Garrett says that the bishop believes otherwise, and she knows the rules. Not to dwell, because Uh I know that this is real. Uh Mm Uh-huh. That is so cruel. Oh, yeah. Like, that... It's it's very cruel. I was just shocked. No, yeah. Fuck. And the fact in what we see her, what she says next and everything and him still, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Sorry, brah. I mean, it's just like, it's It's, just so cold. It's horrible. It's very, so you don't care about your flock? Like, I don't understand what. Gabriel cares. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But Angela appeals to him, even calling him by his first name, reminding him that this is Isabel. She says that God was the only one Isabel ever believed loved her. She asks him, please, but he simply kisses her on the cheek and apologizes to her before leaving. He Einsteined her. Yeah, (laughs) I'm finished with this conversation. (laughs) But John stands up from a very comfy chair, explaining to Gabriel that he's seen some rather peculiar soul traffic lately and says they might consider giving him an extension. He says he could do their side some good. As he walks over to the fireplace, Gabriel plops down casually into one of the chairs. I was like, I love their attitude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's super cash. Yeah. They even put their foot up and you see that their sock matches the tie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you're just cool. Oh, you coordinated. <laughs> That's a nice ass tie. Though. Oh, it is. It is. Fantastic. But they ask if he's still trying to buy his way into heaven. And John says that all the minions that he's sent back to hell should guarantee his entry. But Gabriel says that that isn't the way that it works. John asks what God wants from him, and Gabriel says the usual, self-sacrifice and belief. Aggravated, John assures them that he believes, but Gabriel says that John knows, and there's a difference between that and belief. 
That's great. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a really, really good. good. Line. <laughs> it's a distinction that's yes. yeah, very interesting. It's like damn, and I feel like it speaks a lot to John as well for somebody who has firsthand seen all this shit, yeah, and still doesn't fully believe. Like that, that's, that's yeah. that is very very interesting, mm-hmm. and such an like compelling nuance. Yeah, yeah, and a film that you would not really expect. That. <laughs> no, honestly. But Gabriel says that John has seen. John says that he never asked to see and was born with this curse. But Gabriel retorts that it's a gift, a gift that he squandered selfishly. John reminds them of his work, the exorcism just the other day, for example. And he's like, who's that for? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, selfish. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. They seem to remember a little girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very back thankful. to herself. Yeah. Yeah. But Gabriel just replies that everything John has ever done, he's done for himself to earn his way back into God's good graces. John is furious at what he calls endless regulations. Who goes down? Who goes up? He rips through the pages of a massive book before throwing it onto the ground, which gets Angela's attention. John says that Gabriel doesn't even understand people and says that they're the one who should go to hell. He calls them a half-breed, which ignites a light behind Gabriel's eyes. I was like, ew! Yeah. Oh, yeah. You better explain yeah, that later. Calm down. You buddy, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like, holy whoa, shit. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh. <laughs> Fucking turning into Polly Walnuts yeah. over here. <laughs> it did make me laugh when Angela looks over and she's like, is that an angel over there? Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing because she doesn't see the wings. Yeah. No. But the reaction is like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Who's that asshole talking to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but John just sits down, somberly asking why him, positing that it must be personal. He wonders if he just wasn't pious enough, but Gabriel kneels down sympathetically, telling him that he's going to die young because he smoked 30 cigarettes a day since he was 15 years old, and he's going to go to hell because of the life he took. John looks Gabriel in the eyes as they tell him plainly, you're fucked. Oh, punk ass angel shit. <laughs> Get out of here with that. It's like, you don't have to come with the logic. Yeah, know, yeah. Yeah. Like, fuck that, you. This right? is yeah. happening yeah. because of this. Like, that tracks, but I don't yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But fuck you. I don't though. like it. <laughs> Thank you, but fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why the, the line delivery was just... No, I, it's 10 yeah. out of 10. Chef's kiss, Tilda Swinton. Because it, it, it is, it's a, it's a reality slap in the face. And yeah. it's like, fuck you. God damn it. It's like, you can try to color this however you want, yeah. but this is this happening is, yeah. because of this. Yeah. It's like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Who asked you anyway? <laughs> but Angela leaves the building, standing under an awning as rain hammers down and thunder rumbles. John joins her outside, coughing, and sarcastically remarking about the weather. He lights another cigarette, saying that God always had a rotten sense of humor, and his punchlines, they're killers. I was like, come on, man. (laughs) Who are you? I don't know. (laughs) And again, he does it so serious. Yes. It's like, Keanu, I'm so sorry. (laughs) But Angela watches. I love him on the first name basis. I'm not even Mr. Reeves. Yeah, Keanu. Keanu, man, you're going through it. But Angela watches as he goes into the rain, walking past the cab as Chaz shouts for him. That made me laugh that he lit a cigarette and then ran out into the rain. You're just being dramatic. (laughs) But Chaz shouts John and Constantine. 
but John just continues on past the bright lights of 7-Eleven and Quiznos product placement. <laughs> wow. I was like, not his first and last name. You yeah. <laughs> well, I and I wondered, I was like, why did he do that? But it's very important. You know why? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that Angela, you know. Yes. John John Constantine. Got your it. social is. It's like, <laughs> you live Chill above out. a bowling alley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chill out. But through the crumbling wallpaper of his apartment, we find a sober Hennessy. He sits, gliding his hands over the newspapers and hearing voices in his head like Randy Orton. (laughs) (laughs) The voices detail violent crimes and the gruesome details therein. Hennessy's eyes roll back white until his hand grasps a newspaper and he hears a voice sharply whisper, Isabel. He snags it, seeing an article with the headline, Suicide in Psychiatric Ward. It's like, oh, so this is all connected. Yes. Yeah. We're finally bridging. Right. But in her apartment, Angela watches the security footage from the rooftop of the hospital on her laptop. She apologizes mournfully to her sister and she watches her ascend to the ledge. Isabel looks right at the camera, which is admittedly not from a security camera angle. Yeah. <laughs> it's from the angle we saw. Yes. It's for us. Just, <laughs> just security camera eyes. Yeah. <laughs> but she looks down lens and says the name Constantine before jumping. Recognition hits Angela, and she rewinds the footage, but on the replay, Isabel doesn't say anything at all. Angela writes down the name Constantine, but is then interrupted by a phone call. She answers it to no response, but then her house phone starts ringing, then her office phone, then her cell phone again. All ringing in unison, the camera pulls back from Angela as thunder crackles outside. That was unnerving. Uh, yeah. yeah. All the phones. Yeah. And honestly. It's like my worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I have to answer these? No. <laughs> can, we do, can this be an email? <laughs> <laughs> but John continues his walk, downing a gulp of cough syrup in the rain. A large bird flies past him, screeching into the night. I guess the bird was late for something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But John looks up at a billboard and sees a strange advertisement for a Chevy Equinox that reads, Your time is running out. The camera pans over to reveal the rest of the ad. To buy a new Chevy. Stop. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was like, okay, Chevy. Can you not? (laughs) Yeah, I'll let that one slide. (laughs) But John just coughs a deep, frenetic cough, collapsing to his knees. Out of nowhere... A fucking crab crawls over his hand, resting on the concrete. Before the crab comes, I laughed because he's like, Bleh! he's like fucking hacking his life up into uh-huh. the on the ground, and a rat goes by like, fuck this! Yeah. <laughs> oh, you gonna get me sick? Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, like some of us are trying to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Which the rat didn't look out of place, but then the, the crab, crab yeah. Yeah. was quite out of place. Yeah. Starts to get a little strange. <laughs> But before he can fully register how weird the crab is, a voice calmly asks him, Hey, buddy, <laughs> got a light? <laughs> but as soon as John snags his lighter from his coat pocket, he's attacked by a man-shaped mass of bugs. This is Vermin Man, played by Larry Cedar. I was like, what in the yeah. fucking oogie boogie is going on in the middle of the street? Yeah, can you not? Like, yeah. a little decorum, please. I'm just so surprised that they're getting this bold. Yeah. Yes. 
But John struggles against it as it forms, reforms, and swarms around him. Fighting to his feet, the swarm grabs him by his shoulders, telling him, you should have minded your own business, exorcist. I was like, this is about the girl? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Little man. Yeah. Yeah. That was like three days ago, motherfucker. That's old shit, dude. <laughs> but in the struggle... The Matchbox featuring featuring <laughs> <laughs> featuring Screech Beetle <laughs> falls out of John's coat. <laughs> John hits it, which distracts the bug demon, and he runs into the street. <laughs> featuring featuring yes, it's a it's a guest on the track. Yes. <laughs> he runs into the street, and there are still cars going past. Oh, there yeah. are. So I'm like, this man. <laughs> From your point of view, is being attacked by a giant swarm of bugs, and you're just like, yeah. oh my god, I gotta yeah. get to where I'm going. <laughs> like nobody. It's like I was supposed to meet them at Chili's at nine. <laughs> god damn, sorry like, guy. Oh fuck, poor guy. Well, I gotta go. I gotta go. But the bug demon follows him into the street, and just as it thinks it has John's number, a red van plows into it. Bug debris and goo filling its windshield. Gross. Yeah, I I did like this only because. It does, like you said, it feels like it's ramping up a little more. Yes. Because he's like, what the fuck is this? And if demons, if stuff is going on, why wouldn't they do that? You Honestly. know what I mean? Or why wouldn't they take different forms or come to attack him if he's starting to fuck with what they're doing? And if there's some kind of grand plan. Yeah. Of course, he's getting in the way. Yeah. yeah. But John smashes a few of the bugs on the ground for good measure. He also punts a CG crab. Yeah. <laughs> what did that I crab mean, do? That, <laughs> I didn't even see if it was part of the bug thing. No, it was just featuring crab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but later, John steps out of the cab, followed promptly by Chaz. The, this cut was kind of weird because he was just fighting a bug demon in the yeah. street and then he's just casually getting out of the car. It's like, I'm going to need a ride. Yeah. <laughs> but he says that he knows where John is going. Midnight's, which he says is a haven for those who rise and fall. I think this is where it started to bug me. Beca bug? <laughs> <laughs> um, because I have in my notes, who is this kid? <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's our exposition. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but he says that he's read all about Midnight's, and John tells him that it's just a bar. But Chaz says that Papa Midnight is a crusader for good who swore an oath of neutrality. He says he's a legend and begs John to help him get into the bar. So this exposition I enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it makes sense because, of course, he'd be excited. Yeah. yeah. So you're like, all right. But John tells him that he can get in if he can get in. Come on. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do me like that. They descend a staircase, now bathed in red light, where they meet a bouncer played by Tanawai Reed holding a card. Fun fact. Yes. Tanawai Reed, not only Dwayne Johnson's cousin. Oh, shit. Ah! But for 20 years, he's been Dwayne Johnson's stunt double. Hell yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> I was nice. like, dude, that is very cool, Hell isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But John quickly guesses the password through the card, two frogs on a bench, and is let inside. Chaz attempts the same guess when it's his turn. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, obviously. Uh. That's the code for the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the bouncer turns the card around to reveal like a rat princess or something. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's wrong. Yeah. And he doesn't yeah. get let inside. But John walks through the club. Where are we here? Here we go. <laughs> Passive. 
from a perfect circle playing very loudly. It's like a music video, really. I was I was thrilled <laughs> even now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's but Francis Lawrence is like, this is my wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it looks good. It I, oh, yeah. it's great. And it's the song's great. the song's fantastic. It's yeah. so good. Did you know it was from a side project with uh Pussifer. Well, it was supposed to be um Maynard James Keenan and Trent Reznor, because Trent Reznor co-wrote this song. Oh, really? Yeah. And I guess that they had been trying to release it for like 10 years or something. And Maynard's like, I'm just gonna do it with a perk circle. <laughs> And he did. That's I think Trent Reznor, Reznor was a little pissed off. Well, I kind of would be too. Yeah. I wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, fuck this. Yeah. I'm sick of waiting. I'm out. <laughs> Where's my featuring? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Where's my feature? You can call it a fucking beetle, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't even one of the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> but he passes a table of what appears to be ravenous demons in human form also passing an angel literally turning water into wine by blowing air over glasses, and another angel played by the late model-slash-bounty hunter Domino Harvey in a cameo role. I don't know if you remember the movie Domino. Yeah. yeah. Kira Knightley. She was playing her. Holy oh, shit. okay. Yeah, I've never seen it, but it's interesting. That's yeah. really cool. But John walks to a door behind the bar and has a stare down with a large, uncredited man who walks past him. I'm like, do they have history too? Or? Yeah. It seems like it. I, the whole time he's walking through this, I'm like, oh, we're just doing freaky shit in here. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, and we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> I did laugh because I was searching, trying to find who played that guy. Yeah. And the this dude, <laughs> this dude on Reddit, he goes, and the man who plays that character is the legendary manager from the WWE, Paul Bearer. I said, no, it wasn't. No, <laughs> that looks not nothing. at all. Like, it doesn't even look like The Undertaker. It's like, not even, even the same height. No, he looks nothing like Percy no. Pringle. Yeah. Crazy, <laughs> crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yes, it is crazy. Because <laughs> you pulled it out of your ass. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know who plays that man. Yeah, but he does, when he turns, he has the side of his face is burnt or it is. scarred. So I'm guessing he's also a fallen or he's something here. I think everybody is yeah, something here. Yeah. All... Especially the way that John reacts. Yeah. Because they look at each other like, oh, you again. Yeah. yeah. But John makes his way inside the room to find Papa Midnight, played by Jimon Hansu, smoking a cigarette. I absolutely love this dude. Great. Yeah. Whatever I see him in, I want to watch what he's doing. Yes. He, he always brings Yeah. Up. And for this part, I, again, perfect. Yeah. If you tell me and describe some shit, this is what I think. That's what I want. Because if I go in there and it's anything else, no. I'm disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, let's go back outside. <laughs> Take two. Yeah. Let's try it again. And he, again, he does not have a lot of time. Yeah. The supporting cast in this is wild. Yeah. And he is such a good part of it. Yeah. Um, but again, it comes back to that complaint that we said at the beginning. More Tilda. More him. Yeah. More, more of a dude we're going to. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's, it's great to see him here. But Midnight says that it's been a long time and asks if he has any relics to sell. But John says that he's out of that business now. But Midnight says perhaps peddling forgeries has been bad for his health. But John defends a past transaction, saying that he thought it was authentic. Midnight reconsiders, realizing that his health is poor for other reasons, and asks how long John has. John tells him a few months, maybe a year. Midnight says that he heard thunder the night before, but it must have been Satan's stomach growling, and he shares that John's soul would be the one that he'd come up to collect personally. 
Now I know that's not something to brag about, but that's kind of bad. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'd be like, no, I'm not being a badass. <laughs> <laughs> Just for me. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. And I did like that line. I the growling. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. But John just lights another cigarette as Midnight asks why he's really here. John says that a demon attacked him out in the open on Figueroa, a full-fledged demon here on their plane. I said that like Azrael in Dogma. I'm a fucking demon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I did that. It just sounded cooler to me. I don't know. <laughs> but Midnight says that that's impossible. But John also shares about the exorcism he performed just the other day with a demon trying to chew his way out. Why does no one believe him? I don't know. Like, John uh, Constantine does not strike me as some trickster that's going to be running around telling stories. Yeah. I feel like if he's saying this, then maybe people should be like, wait, what? Even if it sounds crazy. Yeah, but if I'm Midnight, like, he did try to sell me those phony yeah, relics. <laughs> <laughs> What's your game, John? Yeah, maybe it's not all 100%. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but... Midnight still doesn't want to hear it, and he says that angels stay in heaven, demons stay in hell, and that's just the way it is. John, over attempting to convince him, just asks if he can use the chair. Midnight declines the request, saying that not only would it kill John, but John knows that as long as the balance is maintained, he's a neutral party. John tries a different approach, reminding Midnight that before he was a bartender, he was one witch doctor against 30 Ashgar. No, I don't know what an Ashgar is. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up. The first thing that popped up was this film. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming it was some kind of attacker. Yeah, or... something. The, sure. But the fact that when you're watching it, you're just like, wow, oh, 30? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One, Ball. dude? Well, that's all you need. It implies a battle that he True. went through. <laughs> and that he won. Yeah. But Midnight remembers, and he also remembers that he was Constantine. The John Constantine. Once. Well, don't, don't do yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you on, used right? to be that <laughs> actress? <laughs> John, however, says that this isn't the usual game and he can feel it. I don't know if it's right at this moment, but it did make me laugh because he lit that cigarette, he's smoking it or whatever. He throws it on the ground and just stomps it. He's like, dude, this is his office. It's like, I have to work here, yeah. dude. <laughs> and what a waste. That's yeah. really rude. <laughs> But a voice behind John offers a sarcastic, ooh, spooky. We see a hand doing the coin rolling flip thingy, and John turns to meet the gaze of Balthazar, played by Gavin Rossdale. Gavin Rossdale. What? I thought it was great. <laughs> he's really good. He's, yeah. su he's surprisingly good. But yeah. I mean, of course he is. He's got a machine head. It's better than yeah. the rest. <laughs> that, that puts him yeah. a step above. <laughs> I'd expect nothing less. But Balthazar says that that expression alone has made his night. John, confrontational, says that he'll make his night by deporting him back to hell. He also calls him a half-breed, which I guess is just his favorite insult. Yeah, that, you're doing a lot, I'm like, John. John, you better fucking explain this later yeah. <laughs> before I start rooting for the devil. <laughs> <laughs> but before things can get too spicy for the pepper, Midnight puts a stop to it all, reminding them of the rules of this establishment. He's like, hey, hey, man, everything's in. It's yeah. <laughs> another big <Make> one. <laughs> 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 <sighs> Shouldn't have bought Stop her. sighing, both yeah. of you. We shouldn't have bought her that Bush Greatest Hits <laughs> before we decided to cover Constantine. <laughs> but in an absurd display, 
Balthasar says, word has it that John is on his way down. He calls him fresh meat, then sucks his own fingers before hissing at John and saying, finger looking good. Not finger looking good. <laughs> I was like, You're doing they're, a lot. They're of waiting it. for him. <laughs> I, guess I was. I, I wrote down midnight. Kick him out. <laughs> You're done. That's too much. That's too much drama. You've lost, you lost your LA privileges. Yeah. Right. I can't use the chair, but he can do this shit. Yeah, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Bullshit. It's like too hammy. That should be a rule. <laughs> if he starts chewing the scenery, that's it. You're out. You're out. But his eyes glow red, and midnight actually tells John to leave. <laughs> He's like after he. Just, well, that's okay yeah, that performance <laughs> is fine but i he says they have a meeting they do have a meeting i will give him that but john tries to respond but just begins to cough violently balthazar the absolute prick is like what didn't catch that that's hilarious that's fine <laughs> john just storms out making his way through the dance floor of techno beats and flashing lights coughing into a handkerchief he never like, goes back. No, yeah. but I was like, he did not. He was not in there that long. And the whole vibe of the club has changed. <laughs> I was like, now it's strobe lights and fucking like almost prodigy. Like, well, it's 9 p.m. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's the cutoff. That's midnight, man. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> but later that night at his apartment, John smokes another cigarette and drinks a glass of whiskey. He turns the glass over onto a spider that he sees crawling across the table. He then blows smoke under the glass, filling it and telling the spider, welcome to my life. I was like, ooh, he's edgy. Yeah, <laughs> he's so fucking cool. But I was like, the spider didn't yeah. no, sign up for any of that. Dude, the spider does not move, he doesn't move at all. Yeah. He was dead. He's like, oh, God. <laughs> Is that smoke? Yeah, <laughs> where's that <laughs> I was just crawling freely. I don't. Right, I can see through here, but I can't what, go. What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> But there's a knock at the door, and when John goes to answer it, it's Angela. She reminds him who she is, but he already remembers, calling it regular kismet. She has questions for him, and when he says that he's not up to talking, she asks if he could just listen. She flashes her badge, asking, please. I did laugh because it is a contradiction. She's like, now you have to talk to me. Yeah. Pretty please. Please. Yeah. It's like, come on, dude. You already flashed the badge. Yeah. It made me laugh because he said, he says it's, it's kismet. Like he was almost flirting. Uh-huh. And he's like, I don't want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> you're giving a lot of mixed vibes here, dude. So, you, so you're not flirting. Yeah. <laughs> you're not in love with me. Okay, All right, great. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> but John lets her in, noting that there's always a catch. Before she heads inside, though, Angela notices what appears to be Latin words carved into the doorframe. But John lights a cigarette as Angela tells him about Isabel. But she says that her sister was murdered yesterday, telling him that she jumped off the roof of Ravenscar Hospital. John offers his condolences, but is confused that she said that Isabel was murdered. Angela says that Isabel wouldn't have done that, and John, grabbing another bottle of liquor and pouring himself a drink, is callously incredulous. I was like, you're going way too far. Like, can you at least hear her out instead of being like, yeah, bullshit. Like, your yeah. sister, blah, blah. It's like, yeah. dude. And like, from jump, every interaction she's had with him. It's been awful. Can yeah, you not? He, he's, been a, he's been an a asshole. Bit, <laughs> yes. It's like, can we try to bring it back a little yeah. bit? Or? God damn. But Angela admits that she's heard his name around the precinct, the circles he travels in, demonology, the occult, exorcisms, 
And she says that before her sister was committed, she was talking about demons and angels and became deeply paranoid. Angela believes that someone got to her, brainwashed her, and convinced her to jump off the roof. She posits that it could have been a legion or a cult. John just tells her it sounds like a theory and wishes her luck. You are really unpleasant. (laughs) (laughs) Like this whole thing has been awful. It's about to get worse. Yeah. Angela says that with his background and expertise, she thought he could point her in the right direction. He's like, yeah, sure. And he just points out the door that she walked in. Thank you. You're an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, after (laughs) the interactions he's had with Angela, treating his apprentice the way he's treating his apprentice. Yeah. mm -hmm. Torturing spiders. Yeah. I, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we, we also have to remember that he was just told that he needs to prepare for whatever is going to happen also true so i mean i he doesn't have that's not an excuse I, he doesn't no, need not. to be an asshole but I, I love that any other movie you'd be like fuck this dude but you're like he got a really upsetting diagnosis <laughs> <laughs> i do want to point he had out a rough child i do want to point out that he brought it i i was up in the air about him torturing spiders and then jp's like he is sick <laughs> and you, you brought it down to earth in a way that made me like oh <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry he's probably a little angry yeah, i'm sorry john <laughs> i would lash out we should <laughs> never have questioned yeah you. i feel bad i feel horrible <laughs> <laughs> But Angela reiterates that it was not a suicide. Isabel was a devout Catholic. She says if Isabel did that, she would be. And John finishes her sentence, saying her soul would be sent to hell, where it would be ripped apart over and over again, and she would be in agony for all eternity. He's like, is that right? God! (laughs) I, yeah. Angela steps closer to him, looks him right in the eyes, and just says, God damn you. She then frees the spider and leaves the apartment. The spider's like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> the spider's like, <laughs> it was fucking yeah. horrible. In there. Now, it makes me laugh because she did not see him do that. And I don't think that I would have known that there was a spider in there. <laughs> but no, that means that while they were talking, she was like, what, what the, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, I know I'm preoccupied trying to convince him, but what the fuck is that? <laughs> she noticed it. <laughs> But in all fairness, what we learn later, maybe there was a little, uh, yeah. you know, maybe she did know. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> but, but if not, that's... Yeah. <laughs> Just side-eyeing him while yeah. he's talking. What the what fuck? What the hell? What did I Is that walk a spider? Into? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's dead. It's not yeah. moving at all. <laughs> Clearly scared spider, but... <laughs> John just sits there, probably in awe of his own assholery, but something's wrong. He senses it. The room begins to rumble, shaking gallon drums of holy water, and John sees demonic shadows whipping around his apartment outside the window. He immediately grabs his coat and heads out after Angela. Still dejected and alone, Angela lets her hair down as she walks through the city streets. John catches up with her, asking her, what if he told her that God and the devil made a wager, like a standing bet for the souls of all mankind? Angela isn't buying it, but he tells her to humor him. He says no direct contact is the only rule, just influence to see who would win. She humors him, asking him why they would do that, and he says that he doesn't know, maybe just for fun? But this sets Angela off, asking him if it's fun when a husband beats their wife or a mother drowns their baby. She says he blames the devil for it, but it's people that are evil. 
John agrees, saying that everyone is born capable of certain things, but then something else comes along and gives it just the right nudge. Angela is over it and tells John that she doesn't believe in the devil. John says that she should, because he believes in her. Lisa, you're scaring your mother. <laughs> Please don't oh say God, things damn. like that. All I was thinking about was when JP said that to me on yeah. the show. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, I wonder if that's where he got that. Yeah. <laughs> now you know. Yes, it all makes sense now. Full circle, full yes. circle. But just then, a street lamp above them flickers and goes out. They look across the street both ways as all the lights around them do the same. Angela says that it's a power outage, but John knows better. When her vehicle's door locks on its own, John tells her that they need to go now. He takes her by the arm, and they walk across the street where a statue of the Virgin Mary in a window is still surrounded by light. A wicked wind whips up around them, and Angela asks what it is. John says, wings, maybe talons. Angela pulls out her gun, but John tells her that that's not going to help them. I thought that was I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> what the gun? Yeah. yeah. Like, like, come oh, on, dude. Hell no. <laughs> I mean, I get it, but mm, come on. <laughs> look at what we're up against. Yeah. <laughs> he said talons and she's like, "All right, you got it." Yeah. <laughs> you got it, boss. Say no more. I can shoot a fucking talon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he wraps a cloth around his hand and tells Angela to close her eyes as the lights around the statue go out. He then flicks open his lighter, setting his hand on fire, lighting up the street and revealing that they're surrounded by demons. They're promptly blasted away in a beam, crumbling to ash and disintegrating as the light returns to the streets. So maybe that was the um, wand thing. Oh, yeah, maybe. Because I'm like, otherwise, why would his hand explode like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, a, it's a shroud. He wraps his hand in it and sets it on fire. Like the shroud? Yes. Why like does a piece he have of it? it? I don't know. Demon, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, Demon's I like, I've procured. <laughs> <laughs> Got that good shit. God damn. I did see about the design of the demons. Mm -hmm. And um, they put like, they painstakingly with the CG. They're like, well, what would wings of this material look like if they were burned? Yeah. And so they went through and they're like, well, these would go up first and then that would go up. And you see it. It's a very gradual. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. I was really impressed by that. And um, they had said that the design of those flying, like floating demons, they said the intention is that that's their damnation is that they were given wings and their legs were cut off. And so they have to stay afloat. Oh, oh wow. Shit. So they can never rest. But John shakes the flames off his hand, countering Papa Midnight's words from earlier. Demons stay in hell, huh? Tell them that. Yeah, because this is really breaking the rules. Uh, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I'm laughing because Angela's like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> <Did> just told <laughs> you. <laughs> Who are you talking to? Yeah, did someone say that to you earlier? Or? It's the elevator all over again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, after all that, Angela promptly vomits. Yeah, same. I get, I get it. No, it makes sense. John lights up another cigarette, telling Angela that it happens to everyone the first time, attributing it to sulfur. Angela asks what those things were, and John tells her that they were demons. And even more, he doesn't think that they were after him. Be like, me? What the fuck did I do? Did he say have a friend called like B person or something? Was he after that guy? But he asks Angela if she's sure that Isabel wouldn't have died by suicide, and Angela says that she is. John tells her that they have to be sure, so they need to see if she's in hell. Just then, 
a bus speeds down the street behind John, but we get a wide shot and the bus is nowhere near where it should be. It's a very odd edit. Yeah. yeah. It's like that bus passed them already. <laughs> <laughs> but at Angela's apartment, her adorable cat breezes past her legs while she stands at the sink filling a pot with water. That cat's like, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever y'all are about to do. <laughs> what are you bringing here? <laughs> but she brings it to John, who just tells her to put it in front of a chair. He rifles through a box of Isabel's things and learns that the cat, interestingly named Duck, was also Isabel's. Yes, nay. He went through that thing. <laughs> <laughs> but he scoops Duck up and sits down in the chair. He says that cats are good. Half in, half out of the spirit world. I, Luna was with me when I was watching this and I was like, is that true? <laughs> <laughs> she just shrugged. She's like, oh, yeah. you, know, you know, it's cat we, business. We, we do what we yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> but Angela sits in front of him, hardly believing that she's playing a part in any of this. John puts both feet into the pot and tells Angela that she needs to leave. Duck and stay though. <laughs> Duck's like I wasn't leaving yeah, anyway. I never, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like I know you didn't mean me. <laughs> <laughs> but she obliges, giving him one last look and telling him to be careful with the cat. Just as the door closes, John stares deeply into Duck's green eyes, admitting that he hates this part. I really feared for the cat's life. I did yeah. too. I was like, dude, don't. And its little face I was like, yeah. Oh. It was such a tight shot. I was like, this cat's adorable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But the water begins to boil and the lights flicker around him. Duck's eyes turn to slivers. And as the camera pulls back from John, he finds himself in a blazing apocalyptic wasteland. John is in hell. I thought it was interesting. I also read on the wiki that the idea for hell was old nuclear test videos. That's brilliant. And yeah, wow. I was like, that makes sense. If you think about it before shit gets blasted, yeah. Yeah. right when it hits, it does look yeah. like this. Fuck. I did, to me, okay, so I thought, I thought for 2005, it still looks pretty good. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of gusts that kind of obscure the environment. Yeah. So if there's any part that kind of maybe didn't look good, it can kind of be hidden a little bit. Right. Yeah. I did see in a featurette, they did say they didn't want to do a stereotypical hell. Yeah. And so it's basically like an inverse of the current world yeah this is los angeles it's yeah. just hell it looks really good it does. it does and that's okay i watched a featurette mm -hmm. they showed how they did it green screen cg models animatronics like they threw everything at the wall and they i think they did a really good job um it was done there's like a demon that looks up from a car whenever john's walking by it was done by stan winston studios oh, oh shit. Wow. from fucking Pumpkinhead. yeah so, yeah so of course it's Hell, great yeah. um but the thing was for me is that i was reading like reviews uh -huh. and a lot of the reviews were talking shit about the effects in this film and i feel like this is before the big like comic book movie boom yeah. yeah and so i feel like it was still maybe a little bit taboo to say that you enjoyed a comic book movie mm -hmm. if you were a critic and i feel like that's where that's a lot so of the stupid. yeah weird reviews for this film came from because if you look at a lot of if you look at a lot of early 2000s horror films mm -hmm. this aged very well it did yeah it still holds up so I don't understand how someone could watch it. Somebody said, and the their their version of hell is lazy and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, lazy? Wow, because it's nah. not what you expected yeah. it to be? Okay. And how is it lazy? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the whole, oh, we're going into a cave. Now we're going deeper and, and oh my God, everything's on fire. fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've seen that all the time. Yeah, this is interesting. Yeah, this is different. 
Because like you said, it is now, but in hell. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't agree with that. Yeah, I don't know. And seeing all the work that they put in, I... I, I've got a little offended because I'm like, how dare you call it lazy? Yeah. yeah. Were you there? They're like, I'll just fucking throw some smoke yeah. on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I also wanted to point out the visual effects supervisor was Michael Fink, who worked on X-Men, The Mothman Prophecies. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. And 13 Ghosts. Nice. Hell All yeah. right. He's got a pretty good filmography. Hell yeah. Yeah. But John continues on, and we see that he's holding one of the ampules of holy water that Beeman brought him. He walks down what appears to be a destroyed freeway, the skeleton of cars littered on both sides. The camera lifts up to reveal an entire city destroyed and drenched in disgusting orange haze. The camera dips below the surface where we see hundreds of people, suffering souls struggling and screaming against each other. A demon with the top half of his face scooped out, much like the one that he exercised from the girl at the beginning of the Mm -hmm. film watches John as he walks by and climbs out of a car in pursuit. So that shot of the demon is a puppet. Really? Yes. And the movement is puppetry. Wow. That looks real good. Yeah. I think it might have been maybe a little enhanced with some CG, Mm -hmm. but watching the behind the scenes, it's a fucking puppet. That is really impressive. Yeah. Because you would think with as much CGs in the film. Yeah, yeah. And when you see the demons regularly later, they are CG. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you didn't have to do that. No. That's really cool. But But you you did. did. Yeah. John, however, almost immediately sees a woman in a white dress standing in front of him. It's Isabel. I was like, how convenient. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was connected. He had her cat. Okay. Oh, yeah. So maybe it like zeroed him in yeah. on her. Well, let me point out that he has her cat, but he didn't bring the cat with him. I don't. Is he holding the cat during this? In real life. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help. Because <laughs> I thought the cat would be more important to this. Right. Because she's like, watch that Let's cat or whatever. <laughs> so I thought he would be like, oh, the cat's like this way or whatever. And like, oh, thanks. Thanks, duck. Cat just showed him where to go. Yeah, yeah. Like, nah, nah, it's like, yeah, you go alone. Yeah, I'll stay in the apartment. Yeah. <laughs> but he calls out to her and she just says, Constantine. As more demons take notice of him, he picks up his pace. Isabel repeats the actions of the night that she died, tearing off her bracelet and looking off into the distance before leaping to her death. Only this time, she falls right into the waiting arms of demons. John, however, catches her bracelet on the wind, leaping to do so. Demons then surround him, and he reaches for the ampule with his other hand, and it shatters against his chest. Everything dips to silence and slow motion as the demons descend upon him in midair. It looks fucking cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, there's your fucking yes. yeah. DVD cover. <laughs> and it's so simple how he got back out. Yes. There was yeah. no, I got to do an incantation. I got to find something. I have some holy water. This shit's bringing me back. Yes. Yeah. That's all you needed. It's so cool to me because it's explained later how important the water is. Yeah. But in this moment, it it you don't even think about it. Yeah. Because yeah. the way that the, it's, it's, the slow-mo, it's just great. Yeah. It's just great. But whenever they do explain it later, I was like, oh. Yeah. I felt so smart. Because <laughs> I'm like, I get it now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Angelo waits on the other side of the door and hears John coming back to himself inside the apartment. He calls out to her and she rushes back inside to find him coughing and gagging in the chair, smoke rising from his body. 
this whole thing really has him steaming. Oh, yeah. come on. <laughs> what a hothead, right? No, come on. <laughs> He's heated. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that, <laughs> he was in hell. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to chill out. That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> JP is just getting more and more out. <laughs> embarrassed. <laughs> Cut her mic. <laughs> you got more, don't you? Yeah, I know. I do, but I'll stop. Well, the, no, there's, there's more hell. Yeah. <laughs> Save it. Yes, there's always more. Save it for when. <laughs> but John struggles to say the words to her. Twins. You were twins. She's killed herself and she's damned for it. He gives her the hospital bracelet that he retrieved from hell and she holds it in disbelief in her hand. Can you imagine? Oh, no. <sighs> she looks at it. It has the name yeah. and everything. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is yeah. that's irrefutable. Yeah. And it does explain something later because there's a moment that I didn't even catch until the second time. I was like, where did you get that? Yeah. And then now it's like, oh, I guess you can take stuff back. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Freddie's hat or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But tears stream down her face and she asks how this is even possible. John just tells her that he needs to get something to eat. In the city, Hennessy stumbles into a morgue. He sees the room is filled with bodies covered in sheets, but in no time at all, he finds Isabel's body thanks to her clearly marked toe tag. He removes the sheet from her body and places a hand on her neck. When nothing happens, he holds her wrist but immediately jumps back. He summons the courage to try again and his eyes roll back white. He's working out. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, God damn. He was that screaming bird earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when he hears a scream, he pulls away from her again and her arm dangles off the gurney. He sees the symbol from before return and slowly become emblazoned on her wrist in a scar. Voices pervade the area as he falls over and reaches for his flask only to realize that it's empty. A security guard, played by Laz Alonzo, rushes in, asking what the hell he's doing in here. But Hennessy just pushes past him and runs away. This, uh, that not, not, really a yeah, not a good luck. Not a good luck. Not good. Yeah, just explain. <laughs> Please don't run. I'm a priest. That yeah. can, I, I speak to the dead. I only speak to them. Anything. <laughs> That's all I do. I promise. Please don't run. <laughs> looks fucking awful. And this dude is like, I'm pretty sure at your job interview, the only job was make sure no weirdos yeah. get in here yeah. <laughs> with the bodies alone. <laughs> You got it, boss. You're fired. You're fucking You're fired. You're out of here, You've been dude. people get in here? Yeah. <laughs> but he rushes to a liquor store, ripping open a door to one of the fridges and snatching a bottle of wine. He opens it and tries to pour it into his mouth, but the liquid will not flow. He throws it back into the fridge, opening a second bottle and trying again, but achieves the same result. I will say... This visual is fucking awesome. Yeah. It's like frightening too. Yeah. It looks very, very cool and it is frightening. Yeah. yeah. I did laugh because after he tried the second bottle, yeah. he goes, what kind of place is this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it's the establishment's fault. Yeah. That was hilarious. <laughs> also the fact that he continues and nobody tries to stop no. him. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like the guy at the front desk is like, yeah, our liquor does not. Yeah. Yeah, we don't you do didn't that. read the sign? Decoration. Or? Yeah. That's a- <laughs> but he throws the second bottle back into the fridge and we see both of them spilling wine onto the floor he breaks bottle after bottle open to get a drink but they refuse to flow into his mouth yet when he throws them to the floor they leave large puddles of liquid in slow motion balthazar makes his way into the store a smirk on his face as he walks right past hennessy who collapses on the floor 
His eyes glowing red, he sips from a bottle of water as he watches Hennessy grab a corkscrew. That's an insult to injury. Yeah, he's like, I can you drink. Didn't need yeah. that. You didn't need to be drinking. <laughs> that was too much. Hennessy mutters, John, and then begins to stab repeatedly into his own hand. But when he rolls over, alcohol spills from his mouth. His lifeless body is cradled by a clerk played by Jeremy Ray Valdez. The camera pulls back to reveal the shattered glass of Hennessy's frenzy, and we see that he has literally drowned himself in alcohol. That's fucking crazy, dude. Yes. Like you said, the whole like the whole scene of what's going on. I remember the first time watching that, I was like, what why why is it not pouring out? Yeah. And then after I was like, oh shit, <laughs> homeboy showed up. I was like, oh, that yeah, fucked. Fuck. <laughs> I was like, man. It's probably one of I I love this sequence. Yeah, like it's one of the coolest the things that I've seen in a while. Yeah, for some reason this oddly didn't stick with me having seen it before. Yeah, but now I'm like this is great. Yeah, yeah. it is. I didn't remember this. I really didn't remember much. No, they had said in the original script it was more gruesome. Yeah, I guess in the comic there's a character that uh, eats and eats and as he eats he wastes away. Oh, oh wow shit. and so for some reason they had in the script and it doesn't make any sense because they had all the stuff with the alcohol and the voices earlier yeah yeah but at this point hennessy would have run into a restaurant and just tried to eat and i'm like why yeah, is he eating yeah, no <laughs> what shit. the fuck sense does that make <laughs> yeah. i know you wanted it in the movie but yeah. yeah but he would have wasted away and it would have been like a big like cg thing he said i read an interview with the screenwriter and he said that that sequence alone would have cost four million dollars God damn. damn. and so of course this you know yeah not only does it make it more makes sense, more yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah makes and a lot more sense it's it's awesome yeah it's effective yeah but at a diner john tells angela the story of his powers he tells her that it started when he was a kid he could see things that humans aren't supposed to see things that children shouldn't see we flash back to him as a child played by quinn bunell sitting on a bus an elderly woman played by barbara palavin turns to him and he watches as her face grows skeletal and demonic young john shivers in fright closing his eyes but when he opens them, the woman is gone. But behind him, a demonic face screeches at him in a jump scare. It's like, why is she fucking yeah. too much? <laughs> <laughs> playing around? Yeah. John tells Angela that his parents did what most parents do. They made it worse. We flash back to John as a teenager, played by Connor Dylan Wren, undergoing electroshock therapy. John says that if you think you're crazy long enough, you find a way out. We see teenage John in the back of an ambulance and fire overtakes everything around him. He tells Angela that officially he was dead for two minutes, but when you cross over, time stops. He says two minutes in hell is a lifetime, but when he came back, he knew that all the things that he had seen were real. He says heaven and hell are right here and humans are right in the middle. He explains that angels and demons can't cross through their plane, so instead they get what he calls half-breeds the influence peddlers who whisper in our ears. He says one word from them can give you courage or can turn your favorite pleasure into your worst nightmare. We cut to a shot of Balthazar, self-satisfied, stalking around the liquor store. His human shell melts away to reveal a green skeletal demon. John says part demons, like part angels, live among us. Balthazar looks over at the store clerk, who still crouches over Hennessy, and two large wings sprout out of his back. John says they call it a balance, but he calls it hypocritical bullshit. He says that when a half-breed breaks the rules, he sends them back to hell. He says he can't get them all, 
but he's doing enough to ensure what he calls his retirement. He says considering he unalived himself, there is only one place for him to go, and Angela understands. He's trying to buy his way into heaven. I feel like you came back. Like, I think that a good lawyer could argue him out of this. <laughs> no, we'll I get really you think, I really think that this is not fair. I don't, I don't believe that it is fair because if he, no, he wasn't brought back. Right. He came. Yeah, you're right. That's what I'm saying. Also, this whole time he is Tony Sopranoing his food where yes, he's just he moving yeah. around the plate. Yeah. <laughs> like for continuity, don't eat anything. And it, did, it looked good. So oh, I'm like, did. why aren't you eating the food? Well, you saw that cook fucking up that egg? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, both? That's the kind of place <laughs> yeah, you want to eat at. Absolutely. Like, good. I, I think this is a very interesting concept. Yeah. And it kind of feeds into what they were saying earlier. Yeah. But fleshes it out more. Right, right. But yeah. It's the idea. Yes. You know what I mean? It's really good. Mm-hmm. And I... And, I'm not sure how this goes on in the comic, uh-huh. but I feel like this is, I guess, a good explanation of like why he's doing what he's doing now. Yeah. And it is still selfish him trying to buy his way back into heaven. Um, but I mean, I guess I get it. Yeah. You know? I mean, and it's it's anti-hero status. Yeah. Yeah. Because you are is, doing something good. Yeah. yeah. You are. It's because I mean there there is I think there is more complexity to his character yeah, yeah. than he's given credit the film's given credit for yeah, yeah yeah but um hearing all this and knowing what he's been through knowing what he's trying to do like all right yeah character motivations we've created an arc yeah, yeah. that we will fulfill so it's like all right yeah, yeah. you know I'm I'm impressed. <laughs> uh, all right so we're back <laughs> yes yeah all right <laughs> but he asks her what she would do if she were sentenced to a prison where half the inmates were put there by her and angela just echoes the words of father garrett god has a plan for us all john says that god is a kid with an ant farm who isn't planning anything i feel like that's the scariest part Mm-hmm. Yeah. The concept, well. <laughs> the concept of there being a god, but we're just the Sims that he yeah. didn't yeah. pause. That's horrifying. Like, oh, I let this going on there. Oh, well, I'll just start a new game or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? Like that is terrifying. And the fact that he is not only aware of this stuff, yeah, he's seen it. No, yeah. yeah. I remember one time your sister left the Sims on, and when we came back. <laughs> The sim was on fire in front of the stove, just standing there. What? I mean, yeah. <laughs> You're like, and I started a new game. I started a new game. <laughs> so I wiped that's, out that one. And yeah. Started, yeah. I think that's what I'm really afraid of is me. <laughs> <laughs> but then Angela says that when they were little, Isabel saw things too, but they're interrupted by her phone ringing. I will say that this is, it was hinted at earlier mm-hmm. with what Angela said about Isabel. But she really made it seem like this is a new thing that was going on. Yeah. In regards to her stay at Ravenscar. Yeah. yeah. But she's like, all right, I, it's actually been forever. Yeah. And so it caught me off guard. I'm like, we're doing, we're going back now? Well, cause, more? Well, because he's like, when I was a kid, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isabel too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, look, when we were all kids, everybody. <laughs> we all saw we, some crazy <laughs> shit. All right. <laughs> You're not special. <laughs> But police cars surround the liquor store when Angela arrives. Weiss explains that Hennessy ran here from the morgue and had a go at the entire stock. He says he drowned himself in under a minute before joking that he could have been a member of his fraternity. 
It's like, oh man, yeah. you, yeah. oh you, fucking CSI Miami. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, but don't they mention that he was groping bodies in the morgue? Did he say that? Yeah, I was like, he was not. Yeah, that didn't bodies. happen, man. That's the guard. He's like, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he ran he out. Was, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty quick. <laughs> But John joins them and kneels down next to his friend's body after Angela vouches for him to Weiss. He pulls the necklace out of Hennessy's pocket, asking why he didn't call him. I know that Angela vouched for him. Yeah. But he's ruining the integrity of the scene already right now. And then it it gets worse. But it's funnier when you think about it because he's literally like you're saying, he's he's just butchering this crime scene. Yeah. Yeah. And Angela's like, no, he's cool. It's he's he's with me. Yeah, we ate ate eggs like five minutes ago (laughs) together. I know he's been an asshole every other time I've met him, but he told me his story. He was a a troubled childhood. Remember that dude I told you I didn't like? um, I like him now. We've completely had a turnaround. Things change. <laughs> but when john looks over he notices the wound on hennessy's palm he cleans it with an errant piece of ice wipes it with a towel and reveals that hennessy carved the symbol he saw on isabel's wrist into his hand but behind the lanes in the bowling alley beeman sits in his secret workshop he gets a phone call from john drawing the symbol on a napkin for further research it's the X-Men? <laughs> I was like, this is <laughs> the Zodiac <laughs> speaking. That's the theme song. Yeah, it's what it looked like. So All right, I'm done. the Zodiac was in the X-Men? I think so. Yeah. He was <laughs> no. He was kicked out pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were like, you can't no, do no, that, dude. We no. don't do that here. <laughs> but John tells Angela that he needs to see where Isabel died. The next day... Angela takes John to the swimming pool at the hospital. She tells him that Isabel would do seances and use Ouija boards and tell everyone about what she saw. It scared her mother, so they had her committed. Inside Isabel's old room, Angela says this last time she was here for two weeks. She'd get better, then worse, and only recently did she get much worse. Angela asks about the symbol on Hennessy's hand, but John discontinues to search for something that Isabel might have left behind. He says it's maybe something a cop wouldn't know to look for. He reminds her that Isabel was her twin and says that twins think alike. She's like, oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) Wow. Oh, you're the twin expert. (laughs) But when Angela attempts to write off the bond that they shared as twins, John goes a little too far. He grabs her and walks her around the room, asking her what Isabel did and asking her what she would have done if she were Isabel. After a tense back and forth, which ends with John pushing her against the wall and screaming, what would she do? Angela pulls away from him and returns to the window, resting against it. Yeah, I don't know. That might have been too far. Yeah. You're doing too much. I feel like getting somebody to like really focus in, probably like this isn't the best way is to yeah. grab them and scream in their face. <laughs> like I, I would not recommend that. No, on the list of getting people to cooperate. Yeah, yeah that's, that's not how not, I do my yeah. best work. I'll no, just no, speak no. for myself. Usually a calm tone. Yeah, <laughs> understanding. You Cup know? of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. But she puts her head down and regains her composure. She reveals that when they were girls, they used to leave each other messages. She says they did so in light and in breath on the windows. She exhales, and we see something is written there. John walks over, underlining one line of text in a mass of repeated words. Corinthians 17, 1. 
it's a good thing they don't clean the windows in this hospital. <laughs> yes. They also don't repair windows in this hospital, as we'll learn later. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, that's been open for long. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's fucking raccoons in here now. Like, you're not, <laughs> they've taken over the whole swimming pool. Yeah. <laughs> there's bird shit all over the place. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's you crazy. Know they, they don't care. <laughs> no respect no we had a deal <laughs> but in her car angela tells john that there is no 17th act in corinthians but john tells her that corinthians goes to 21 acts in the bible in hell i was like he was reading when he was down there yeah <laughs> he said it was a lifetime That's, what else yeah. did he do? Guess i'll go to the library there yeah. was time now <laughs> But he says it paints a different view of Revelations. It says the world won't end by God's hand and instead will be reborn in the embrace of the damned. In his workshop, Beeman unveils a massive text from a red cloth and peels back plastic to reveal an inverted crucifix on the cover. The first time I watched this, I was like, so he has a copy? Yeah. The second time I was like, well, you can bring things back from hell. Right, 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 right. So it all makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So calm down. <laughs> <laughs> calm down past me. Yeah, everything's pizza. But John says in his opinion, fire is fire. Over the phone, Beeman translates the Latin of Corinthians 17. The sins of the father will only be exceeded by the sins of the son. Angela foolishly is like, whose son? God's son? Yeah. Yes, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ is going yeah. <laughs> to fuck shit up. John said no. Yeah. <laughs> Damien? Yeah. Yes. That, yes. But he tells Beeman that the Antichrist can't cross over. But inside the book, Beeman finds the symbol and recognizes it as the sign of Memon, the son of the devil. He's startled by a noise behind him, but continues reading. Memon has no patience for his father's rule and yearns to forge his own kingdom of fire and blood. The noises continue behind him and he grows frantic, telling John that Memon would be the last demon that they'd ever want to cross over. But he goes on reading and finds what could be a loophole. John scoffs, shakes his head, and once again says, there's always a catch. Beeman shares from the book that in order to cross over, Memon would have to possess a very powerful psychic but it wouldn't be enough. Angela understands that psychic to be Isabel. I was like, all right, I guess. I mean, yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure that won't change later. Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely Isabel. Of course. So we're past that now. Yeah, yeah. it's over. He can't get through. No, we're yeah, done. It's over. Go home. Roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> but Beeman says that Maman would then need divine assistance to cross over. He would literally need the help of God. This puzzles John. But suddenly, all the machines powering the lanes kick into gear behind Beeman. Full of fear, Beeman hurriedly tells John that he knows he's never had much faith, and he knows he's never had any reason to, but that doesn't mean that they don't have faith in him. Y'all already did that, though. <laughs> we already said that. Well, I mean, he wants him to... <laughs> yeah. Just want you to be sure. He needs to know that. Yeah. Everyone needs a pep talk. Yeah, yeah that's true, though. But that would make me cry. Yeah, I was like, me? I'm just a man. <laughs> but Beeman then hangs up the phone, despite John calling his name. A buzzing noise is heard all around Beeman, and we see something crawling underneath his skin below his eye. A fly peeks out from his lower lid, rests on his eyeball, and then flies away. Not the eyes. That's too much. Yeah. It's too much. 
But they're, I mean, they're dying by the things they like, man. That's what sucks. Yeah. Oh, the bugs. Yeah. And then dude the was drink. drinking. He yeah. couldn't satisfy, couldn't quench his thirst. That's just cruel. Yeah. It's mean because neither of them deserved it. No. no they're really just helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all. They're good yeah. friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But John and Angela rush through the bowling alley to Beeman's little hideout. And on the way, Angela recognizes the smell of sulfur. I will say I did have this pointed out on a, a list. Uh, the logo for the bowling alley on the wall. Mm-hmm. They pass it and it's three. It's called bowl, bowl, bowl. So it's yeah. three B's. Yeah. But the way they're turned, it looks like three sixes. Ooh. Oh, I did not see that. Pretty All cool. Right. Very cool. But John runs down the catwalk over to Beeman's desk with Angela following behind him. The air is thick with flies and John whips his coat off to bat them away. But when he finally reaches Beeman, he discovers his friend's face is covered in flies and his eyes stare blankly to the ceiling as more of them crawl out of his opened mouth. Poor Beeman. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do them like that. No. They say it's one of the worst ways to go. <laughs> Rest in bees. <laughs> <laughs> We're just laughing at this man's death. <laughs> Beeman didn't do shit to anyone. Did it. Did it. <laughs> Gotta laugh to hide the pain. That's true. We'd be we'd be crying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it weren't for that great, great joke. <laughs> but in Jalisco, Mexico, Manuel crosses a parking lot over to a white Jeep. I'm not gonna lie, so much has happened, I completely forgot about Manuel. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh shit, he has the, yeah. Yeah, the dagger. Been traveling the whole yeah. time. Completely you remember forgot. the spear of destiny guys? Yeah. <laughs> He does, behind him, we do see a billboard. Yeah. And it says, got faith on it. And it has a wine glass filling with red wine. And I'm like, mm. all right. Is yeah. there a Chevy somewhere on there? It's on the other side. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but man in Jeep, played by R.A. Rundell, looks over at him through the window. Now, a sidebar, Rundell is the stunt coordinator for this film. Oh, oh cool. They, um, I looked at his filmography. He was also a pretty prolific stuntman. He was, uh, I think, Die Hard and Misery. Damn, okay. Misery. Yeah. They broke was, his legs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was method. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> but uh, he was the coordinator for the Matrix sequels. Oh, all there right. There you go. So, dude. Oh, yeah. Great. That's yeah. very cool. But shortly after, we hear glass shatter and see the Jeep speeding off recklessly down the road. The camera pans over to a sign that reads, Los Angeles, 132 miles. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fuck that guy. I guess he didn't need the Jeep. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sucked because he's like, yes, sir. (laughs) 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 But what's weird is he didn't fall over like a cow. He like (laughs) got his ass beat. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that only works on cows. You're right. (laughs) But back in Los Angeles, John finishes a cigarette on his fire escape watching the city. When he steps back in, Angela is there. She finally confesses. It wasn't just Isabel. She could see things too. She assumes that he already knew that, and he just tells her to go home. <laughs> I was like, God damn. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yada, yada, yada. I told those guys you were cool, dude. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> but she says that she wants to understand, and she says that she's stronger than Isabel, but John tells her that she was wise to deny her gift. He says it's why she's still alive. And if she follows him, she won't be. (laughs) He goes, 
I don't need another ghost following me around. I was like, come on, man. Yeah. Well, that was in reference to, in the comics, the ghosts of people that he's tried to help and he's failed. Uh They follow him. Well, why don't we do that? I know, know, but that's what that was for. That would be cool. Yeah, it would have been very cool to see. He just, he delivered it like Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It just made me laugh. I was like, that's really serious, man. But Angela reminds him. See, no, I actually like that. that they're bringing in stuff for like the fans. Yeah. yeah. That's actually very yeah. cool. That is cool. I'll give him that. <laughs> <laughs> but Angela reminds him, Maman killed her sister. She says that she would trade places with her if she could. But then she launches into her backstory. She used to see things when she was younger. But when she was about 10, they started taking Isabel for treatments and forcing her to take medication. So she was like, oh, mm, I don't know. <laughs> no, not at all. My name is Paul. That's just what <laughs> She says Isabel would come to her and ask her why she wouldn't tell them that she could see things too. But Angela just continued to lie. She's like, and you are? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm, I don't know. Honestly, like, I don't know. There, beyond the uh, this obviously being very fucked up. It is, dude. I yeah. would kick your ass. Yeah, yeah dude, that, you, like, that we sucks. <laughs> we were talking about demons yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't. That was all nay. <laughs> A demon? I don't, yeah. I don't even know what you're saying right now. Isn't Scooby-Doo on? <laughs> <laughs> Just turn on. That's where we saw the ghost. That's what she's probably talking about. <laughs> but it was the caretaker, dude. It wasn't really. <laughs> but she says that she continued to say that she couldn't see anything until one day she actually did stop seeing. Stepping out from behind a green partition, Angela admits that she abandoned her sister, but says that she needs to see what Isabel saw. I like that green partition. It, it's, again, unnecessary. Yeah, yes. But, but it's yeah. very, like, the style. I don't know. I, I really like that shot. It adds something to it. Yeah. There are honestly some like interesting like noir notes. Yeah, there All are. Right. I wanted to say too that we fucking accidentally made our last four episodes about detectives. What are we doing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> One of them was the Patreon pick. So it's that's not, not, it's not yeah. even us. No. It was a complete accident. Um, that's weird. I know. <laughs> but John softens and tells her that if she does this, there's no turning back. She sees them, and they'll see her. Angela understands, and John agrees to show her. But that night, John runs a bath for Angela and takes her gun and badge while she takes off her coat. She asks if she has to take off the rest of her clothes, too, or if she should leave them on. John really mulls it over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One might say too long. Yeah. No, to think know, about it. Just thinking about he wants some of that good good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not good well, good. Well. In, all, in his defense, she asked it a little suggestively. Yeah. And then he answered a little suggestively. And it results in nothing. Nothing. No. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> it is funny because they. I did see an interview with the director where they had talked about um, if he had regretted not making them clear love interests. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't need to. Yeah. You don't. I feel like that's such an easy cliche to fall into. Yeah. And I'm kind of glad that they didn't force that. Even yeah. though there is something oh, yeah. kind of there, they don't like... I want to say exploit it. They don't like really. Right. You know, I liked it. And the director didn't regret it, by the way. Well, good. So I'm like, good. Yeah. I. They didn't need to be a couple or they didn't need to, you know yeah. what I mean? Just the way they are, that's fine. And they had the opposite of a meet cute. So yeah, yeah. they did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, <laughs> In my mind, you were like, he said he didn't regret it. I'm like, he's like, no, I didn't. Re- I got to uh, do a Beyonce video. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we can have I'm a up. very busy man. <laughs> <laughs> I did read he went on to direct like two or three of the Hunger Games films. 
So dude's all right. Good yeah. Dude's doing. He's like, dude, I don't give a fuck about a relationship <laughs> from a fifteen-year-old movie. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you asking? Who? Are, how'd you get in my house? <laughs> but after that minor amount of sexual tension, he tells her that he's thinking about it, and then tells her that she can leave them on. But Angela climbs into the tub, still standing. She asks him why water, and he tells her that it's a universal conduit that lubricates the transition between planes. He then tells her to ask him if there's water in hell, and when she does, he just tells her to sit down. Like, <laughs> but is there? But why would you? You know there is. <laughs> I thought um, that to me is when I finally had the call back to earlier why he smashed that thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's a conduit. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't just pissed off. It wasn't. <laughs> like these fucking demons. Uh, so that, it, it works. Yeah. yeah. There's not. And so he had to fucking bust that. But as she sits in the water, she asks, what's going to happen? But he just tells her to lie down. She asks how long she has to be under the water, and he says for as long as it takes. He tells her to take a deep breath, and after she does, he eases her back into the water. John's hand on her chest, Angela opens her eyes under the water and looks up at him. In an overhead shot, we watch as Angela begins to struggle for air. John holds her under as she starts to fight against him, but he won't let her back up. This was agonizing. Yeah. If yeah. I'm Angela, I'm like, oh, he's fucking killing me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is the most elaborate murder. Yeah. He made it very clear that he didn't no, like he me. Did, yeah. I should have listened. He told me to leave. Yeah. But no, this was hard to watch because my lungs are shit and I would have been dead oh, in yeah. 30 yeah. seconds. Well, you would have gotten to see this stuff. Yeah. yeah. A Wait. lot sooner. Well, but no, because you're, he's, this is part of the process. Yeah. She has to run out of oxygen so she oh, can go. I, I was like, are you telling me I'm going to hell? No. Would have seen that a lot sooner. <laughs> no, she takes longer because her lungs are better than ours. <laughs> Fair enough. But time slows down as a single drop of water drips from the faucet. And as soon as it hits the water, the entire tub explodes and Angela comes tumbling out. She catches her breath and just says, oh God. All those people. I really loved the execution of just in that split second. What yeah. did she experience? Well, he had said about time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. I, re- I, I really liked that. But she invokes her sister's name, realizing all of her work as a detective, knowing where everyone was, where to aim, when to duck. None of it was luck. She whispers to herself that she's always known she could see. And almost in a trance, she tells John that someone was here. The way she stares off, John's like, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) It's like he forgot that he showed her help. I was going to say, you're acting like anybody else has ever seen this shit before. You're used to it. Yeah, Yeah. I was going to say, he he might be okay (laughs) with it. but. But soaking wet, she slips over the tile onto her feet and runs downstairs to the bowling alley with John following after her. She runs up to Beeman's little lair, telling John it was his something rolling. She says it wasn't a ball, though. It was something smaller and shiny. She kneels down and reaches precisely between the metal slats in the floor, retrieving an old coin. She flips it across the back of her hand, and John knows immediately. Balthazar. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we knew. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) we've been new, but that's okay. But through all of Beeman's things, John begins assembling something. Yes, nay. He went through his face. <laughs> <laughs> and see, here's where the dragon breath thing comes fair, in. Fair, yeah. fair point. I, I will admit when yeah. I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 
But Angela finds that toy that John gave Beeman earlier that made the bleeding sheep noise. <laughs> In my notes, I was like, John's like, no, take that with us. He yeah. doesn't. Yeah, we're we're, we're going to need that. <laughs> yeah, that was cool as fuck. Like, <laughs> I was sad to part with it. But she asks John if killing Balthazar will mess with the balance of everything. But John says that Balthazar tipped the scale when he started killing his friends. He's just adding a counterweight. He then turns around, revealing a crucifix-shaped firearm, blasting a carton of cigarettes. The camera rests on the Surgeon General's warning, which it is mildly ridiculous. It's cool. Yeah. I know, I liked I it. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. I did read that after... Uh, the filming of this, Keanu Reeves bought that prop and gave it to the director. No shit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I love That's that. so cool. That's a badass looking little gun thing it he's is. got there. They said that they had a more detailed uh, scene of him putting it together. Yeah. It's all individual props that fit in together to form the gun. That's crazy. And so it was him actually building yeah. it. Yeah. But That's I love really it. Cool. Hell yeah. But later that night, Angela drives them to a parking garage. She parks, but leans over with something to tell John. He leans over, too, but as they meet in the middle, he puts Hennessy's necklace on her, telling her to think of it as a bulletproof vest. I was like, imagine leaning in to kiss him, and he's just putting a necklace on you. Yeah. I, I would just throw myself out of the window. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but against her protests, he tells her that she's staying in the car. Upstairs... Balthazar admires his own reflection in a mirror, but stares puzzled when it begins to warp. Just then, it explodes in flames, shattering glass and sending him flying onto the conference table. That made me laugh that that's how he started the confrontation. <laughs> he didn't say anything. Yeah, we're not wasting... <laughs> we don't need to talk. No. <laughs> it makes me laugh because uh, Balthazar's reaction, he's like, fire? Yeah. I was born or whatever. He's like, he loves it. Yeah, yeah he loves the yeah. show. He's got the materia equipped. <laughs> <laughs> but John steps through, asking how Mimon is crossing over. John throws holy water in Balthazar's face and it melts away, revealing the demon underneath. He was two-faced all along. Yes, <laughs> yeah, the coin. <laughs> I will say, like, they the melting away is obviously CG. Right. But as this continues and we see his makeup of half and half, yeah. Yeah. it looks great. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's so good. Speaking of the makeup, V. Neal worked on this. No shit. Yeah, yeah. we love V. Neal. Oh, yeah. It looks great. Yeah. Yeah. But Balthazar grabs John, pushing him up against a wall, and he drops his crucifix gun. Downstairs, Angela is fed up with waiting on John, so she snags her gun, throws off her jacket, and tosses it into the car. The camera dips down to reveal that she somehow took off the necklace as well. I don't know how that happened, but... Yeah, because honestly, I've never... Well, it makes it seem like she took it off. Because how would it just come off? <laughs> well, I don't I don't think she took it off, but it did get taken off somehow. Well, I was mad. Because well, I'm like, yes, obviously go inside. I'm not yeah. going to sit in the fucking car. But where? He said it was a bulletproof vest. Make yeah. sure you have it on. But she's like, I know when to duck or whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. I have the gift. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, we'll we'll learn a little later what <laughs> happened. But I do real quick want to rewind for a second. And I don't know why. But every time when he goes in there and him and, and Balthazar start fighting uh-huh. and he sh- throws the water in his face, he's like, oh, natu- oh, natural. Yeah, he does. I love that shit. That's <laughs> like the best. I don't know why. I'll never not love that. It's just like, okay, this is the way I want to fight. Yeah, Let's, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? 
I don't know why, but I always love that tiny little scene. I think it speaks to him as a character because it starts with him looking in the mirror. Yeah. So he's probably like, this is fucking weird. And then he's like, oh, I can be full demon? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. dude. I'm, this is warm. Yeah. I'm sweating back here. <laughs> but back upstairs, Balthazar strangles John and tells him not to fight it. Rather, enjoy it. John then slips on a pair of hidden brass knuckles like he's William Regal and and just starts beating the shit out of Balthazar. He sends him sailing onto the conference table, half his face flayed away. Balthazar just tells John (laughs) that they'll see him real soon. Yeah. (laughs) I laughed out loud because Balthazar's like, well, I'm done. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I had a good run. I'm dead. (laughs) Because he's not even trying to. No. (laughs) Just like, that's it. But he tells John that he's going back to hell, which John agrees, but he tells Balthazar that he isn't. He pulls out a Bible and threatens to read Balthazar his last rites. He mulls over what life would be like for a demon in heaven, which seems to get to Balthazar. He asks one more time how Mamon is crossing over, but Balthazar stays silent. But John's like, all right, shit. And he just starts reading him his last rites. Right. Pardoning him of all of his sins. And he gets real dramatic with it too because he's like standing over him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like reaching the heavens. Yeah. <laughs> but before he can finish, Balthazar just shouts out, Sangre de Dio, the blood of God. He says, whatever killed the son of God will give birth to the son of the devil. The spear of destiny, if you recall. Yeah. Right. I was like, all right, you're coming back. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like, how does this, I understand, you know, we're, we got Angela in <laughs> yeah. to where it makes sense. Right. But there was a dude in Mexico yeah. that, was, yeah. <laughs> that was fucking some shit yeah. up we might want to talk about. Remember all the animals? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but John closes his Bible, but he reminds Balthazar that you actually have to ask for absolution. So it was all a bluff. Yeah. Which I liked because I was like, that makes him... He's smart. Yeah. I like that. He's like, God damn it. <laughs> he got me. He's like, I'm a demon. How do I not know that? <laughs> but he calls him an asshole, but Balthazar just starts to laugh. As Angela makes her way into the room, Balthazar says that Angela was his only mission and John brought her right to them. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, so you got the last laugh. Yeah. <laughs> but before he can gloat anymore, John just blasts him with the crucifix gun. In the hall, John, forgetting that Angela is Catholic, tries to explain that Christ didn't die from the crucifixion. It was actually a soldier's spear that killed him. Angela's like, yeah, the spear of destiny. I know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, duh. Thanks, professor. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> but a figure shrouded in shadows approaches Balthazar, who rests in pieces on the conference table. He says he did as he was told. He involved the sister who is now in the flesh and ready. He asks them to grant him his resurrection and promises to serve if they do. His desires are not granted, however, and absolutely betrayed, his remains blow away into the wind. I was like, damn, y'all make these deals, though. Yeah. And then you expect them to follow through. <laughs> like, that's wild. Yeah, that is true. And he's like, no. Just leave me mine. Yeah. Only we can do that. Exactly. <laughs> he's like, oh, glycerine. <laughs> As he away. Don't let the days, whatever, <laughs> go by, I believe. <laughs> But John and Angela reach the elevators, still trying to determine how Mammon will cross over. They determine the divine assistance to mean the blood of God on the end of the spear, but Angela says Mammon would still need to find a powerful psychic. I was like, still? You already determined? Yeah. yeah. Now you're changing. And there was an order. Now the order doesn't matter? Yeah. It was a psychic first. Doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're asking too many questions. I'm yeah. sorry. He's like, add psychic to taste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever you want. 
But John says that he won't have to find one, and a sudden realization hits Angela, and she just says, twins. I don't know why she said twins. I would have said something else. Uh, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> to just, uh, you know, I don't know. Right. <laughs> but we got to explain it to everybody. Twins. Yeah. That is a fair point. But John then notices that she isn't wearing the amulet, and just as he does, a strange feeling takes over Angela. Before she can even describe it, a large hole bursts through the elevator and she's pulled through it. Walls burst open through the building and John rushes to save her, but he's too late. The last hole that opens is through a window and Angela is carried away into the night. John turns around and walks away. <laughs> he walks away like, oh, God damn it. Well, that's <laughs> cheating. It yeah. is. Like, that's not fair. <laughs> it made me I laugh. I can't compete like, with that. Yeah. <laughs> that's not fair. No, I did see on a featurette... Um, this sequence was meant to be a car chase. Huh. That was the original intent in the screenplay. But then I guess between the time that production was beginning and when they finally started shooting, Lawrence saw a trailer for The Matrix Reloaded. Yeah. And he's like, we can't top that car chase scene. Yeah. And you were also in that car I was chase. Say, <laughs> Keanu couldn't be like, listen, we got a real good yeah, we got, <laughs> my last movie. You do not want to do that. <laughs> you don't want the comparison. Yeah. No. But he says that he talked to Keanu Reeves and he was like, well, what should we do? And Keanu Reeves came up with this sequence. Oh, okay. nice. All right. And seeing them put it together, there was a featurette and it's like um, the first explosion you see is real through the set with the elevator door yeah, yeah. and those walls. But then it switches to like miniatures and Rachel Wise is like on wires against the green screen and she's popped in later. Yeah. It's fucking great. That's crazy. That's really it cool. It looks great. It does. Yeah, it does. Still. Yeah. But John returns to Midnight's and he tries to guess the code, but when he gets it incorrect, he just knocks the bouncer out. He didn't get it incorrect. No, he didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> the bouncer's like, mm, no, no, sorry, sorry. Was Midnight like, don't let him Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Chaz follows behind him, gloating over the bouncer's body as if him getting the question wrong earlier was the bouncer's fault. Yeah. Yeah. No. You you don't. Yeah. You're not cool enough to get in here. Um, but it was at this point. <laughs> I, not cool enough. I remembered that he existed. I completely forgot about him in all of this. Yeah. Because John's been going through a lot. On yeah. His own. Yeah. On his own. Completely. You know, maybe it would have helped. See, I think that's the thing is that. We, we get introduced to a lot of characters. Yeah, yeah. But I would like to elaborate on some of them a little bit yeah. more. Yeah. And even if you have an extra scene here with uh, Chaz, you can know what he is. Because is he, I guess I'll just sit in my cab if Constantine exactly. needs me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because what be have you been doing? Just yeah. wait. See, that was, that was what, and maybe useless was a little harsh <laughs> earlier, but that was the thing. I, com I forgot he was anybody. Right. Uh -huh. And then so all of this happened. She gets snatched through the building and he's just rolling up with Chaz. I was like what yeah well he fought the bug man and then he's rolling yeah. up the chest yeah. <laughs> he needs a ride yeah maybe he's like look i don't have I'm a real car yeah. <laughs> but john busts into the club blasting through the door with his gun and pointing it at papa midnight he tells him that he needs to use the chair but midnight tells him he offers no aid to one side or the other and has to preserve the balance the balance is broken. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. We, we just got to face facts. It also made me laugh because I kept thinking on, remember on American Dad when they were like, I haven't gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I kept That's exactly what's going on. <laughs> but John just offers screw the balance, but is promptly disarmed by a burst of Midnight's power and thrown up against the wall. Midnight claws into his abdomen 
I will admit the angle was very quick at first, and I was like, "Is he giving him a titty twister?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's I mean, your power. Shake her pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I get it. I get why he's screaming. He's like, oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. okay. Yeah. All right, I'll, let's go to hell. I don't care. I don't care. Let him go. Let him go. But um, John tells Midnight that he's the only one left playing by the rules, and while he's doing so, people are dying. He says, "Hennessy, Beeman," reminding Midnight that they were once his friends too. Midnight just digs his hands in deeper, but John tells him plainly, I need your help. He tells Midnight to consider it a last request. Midnight tells John that he's playing a dangerous game, but finally lets him go. John pulls a Job Bluth telling Midnight that he just ruined a $200 shirt. I I I can't stress again how much I love Midnight's character. Oh, it's great. Like that. Like you said, it did look funny, the angle. Yeah. But his hand is inside his fucking body. Yeah. yeah. Like both hands. Yes. It's like, I don't know what kind of magic you got, but please don't do that again. No. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I, let's I not can't do take that. that twice. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck no. I think that's my thing is like, I want to know more about Papa Midnight. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because oh, yeah. he's saying like they all have this history together. Yeah. yeah. And what was that beam he blasted? Yeah, that too. You know, I don't know. What's he Maybe doing? Maybe in Constantine too. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. All right. I hear it's in the works. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna save that for the outro, but we're oh, gonna... sorry. Get <laughs> <laughs> that. Get no, that. Get <laughs> but midnight leads John to a back room hidden deeper within the back room. This one is massive with white pillars and filled to the brim with artifacts and documents. He takes John to a chair, which apparently used to be the electric chair in Sing Sing Prison. John points the chair east after asking which direction it is, and he sits down, and Midnight asks him how long it's been since he's done this. John shrugs it off, saying it'll be like riding a bike, but Midnight is very serious. I don't think so. No. <laughs> no, like none of this seems like a good idea. No, no I'm going to agree. He asks him to tell him that this isn't about Angela. John takes his shoes off, saying that this is definitely, mostly... Not about Angela. <laughs> <laughs> so again, I'm like, you're 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 doing enough with kind of a love, yeah, yeah, but not being so like in your face about it, yeah, over the top or forcing it, yeah, just yeah. a little flirtatious. We don't need to do anymore. That's fine. But Midnight just smiles, dumping water on the floor as it's the conduit, and then he offers John a drink, which he accepts. Midnight shatters a lamp against the wall, asking John if he's sure about this. John admits that he isn't. But Midnight just shoves the live wire or whatever it is into the liquid on the floor. I say whatever because I don't think that's what happens when you smash a light bulb. It was like a flame. Yeah. (laughs) So clearly you've never smashed a light bulb. I'm (laughs) just kidding. But when he says... I've also never been magic, so that could be be a part of it. When he says, are you ready? And he says no, his mouth does not say no. Oh, it (laughs) doesn't? What does it say? I don't know. Oh. Maybe like I don't know or something, but it's like more than one word and he's shaking yeah. his head. I, I rewound it. I was like, no, you didn't say that. <laughs> I I will say though, and I, that because of this, that, that was my answer for anything. Huh. You sure you're ready? Nope. But let's do it. <laughs> you want to go to, nope, but let's go. It was like, that's fine. Like, I, right? no, I'm not ready, but let's get it done. But like, we got to do yeah. it anyway. Exactly. You got to do what you got to do. But the jolt rushes through John, and he's sent cascading through flames, and in quick, fiery flashes, he watches the full story of Manuel finding the Spear of Destiny. 
We watch as he digs it from the ground, gets hit by a car, hops over the fence, murders the Jeep driver, and speeds down the road, all the while a voice whispering in his ear. John follows Manuel as he walks inside Ravenscar Hospital, disintegrating everyone around him into their demon form until he takes notice of John standing there and grabs him by the throat. <laughs> I was like, you're allowed to do that? <laughs> John calls out to Midnight to save him, and we see arms reach around him through this plane of existence and pull him out safely. That reminded me a little bit of Star of Echoes. Hey, yeah. Right? All right. Yeah, I get that. But Midnight asks if he had any luck, and John reluctantly says that's a word for it. But just then, Chaz walks in and is starstruck when he recognizes Papa Midnight. Later, John and Midnight stand by in a kitchen as Chaz melts down gold crosses to create bullets. Midnight asks how John intends to get close enough to use these, but Chaz answers for him. He says half-breeds are most vulnerable when their skin is breached by holy water. He says that certain enchanted crosses have been used by the unordained to bless commonly occurring water, even rain. He goes to continue, but notices Midnight smiling at him and John just staring at him, almost with respect. Chaz just tells him that there's no use sitting on the bench if you aren't ready to play. He's right. Yeah. yeah. And that's so I was like, okay, maybe maybe there is something. You're starting to feel better? A little him? bit. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to know how they know each other. Well, yeah, that's I don't know how they met. It's his nephew, he said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that they at least are getting a plan. Yes. You yeah. know what I mean? And that he's having a part in it. Yeah. Because he's like, I guess I'll drive you to the hospital. Yeah. I don't <laughs> That's all I know how to do. But Chaz asks if Midnight has any of those enchanted crosses that they could use. And when John looks a little uneasy, Chaz tells him that he doesn't think it's wise for him to go on a solo mission and says that he's coming with him. Midnight just smiles, saying John should take Chaz, but he should kill him after. Like, what? It's like, hold on. What yeah, was that well. last thing? Yeah. <laughs> First part, I'm down. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> but outside the bar... Midnight hands Chaz a cross wrapped in cloth and tells him that if he survives this, to see him about membership afterward. He then prays over Chaz, who allows it, but when he tries to pray over John, John isn't down for it. Just let him finish. Yeah. yeah. He was like, get the fuck away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was mad and he like brushed him off. Yeah. Well, he does finish though. He but... does. After he leaves, Midnight does finish the prayer. So I was like, all right. Yeah. He's... He, so at least now it's like he knows, like, you're going to need all the help you're going to get for yeah. doing whatever the fuck you're trying to do. It is very funny to me, the history that he has with Papa Midnight and <laughs> Papa Midnight's like, well, you guys have fun tonight. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm staying here. Yeah, I got yeah. a club. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs> but in POV shots, we glide over the buildings and lights of Los Angeles, right over Ravenscar Hospital and the wide open window that Isabel fell through that again, somehow still hasn't been repaired. I will say that there is like some smart sound design here mm -hmm. because you hear a noise that makes perfect sense with what we learn later. Yeah. And at this point you're just like, Oh, it's the noise of the city, the night. You yeah, know. yeah. 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 But it's, mm, you know what yeah, I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. I do. All right. I don't want to give it away yet, but I also thought it was really mean and cruel for them to drop her through there. Yeah, that's kind of insult to injury. Yeah. yeah. You know this means a lot to yeah. me. Yeah. This mean. Yeah. But Angela is dropped through that hole and Crash lands into the swimming pool, quickly retrieving her gun and aiming it above her head, but she finds no one there. In the cab, Chaz nervously seeks reassurance from John that they'll be able to get through and rescue Angela. But unfortunately, 
John just tells him that it's not always like it is in the books. I'm like, dude, give him some hope. Right. <laughs> like, God damn. <laughs> just all you have to say is it'll be okay. Yeah. You don't have to lie to the boy. Just say something. Wow. <laughs> well, you also don't want to give him false expectations. <laughs> well, There's got to be a, yeah, a middle. There's got to be a middle. Because then if he gets hurt, he's like, you said it would be okay. Yeah. <laughs> John's like, God damn it. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I should have said, it's not like yeah. the books. It's not like the books. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but they park outside the hospital where inside Angela stands in the pool, confused and still holding her firearm behind her. A figure rises from under the water, but she instinctively turns around and fires several rounds through him. Dozens of people in a nearby lobby hear the gunshots, but don't really react. But we see that the other person in the pool is Manuel, and the bullets go straight through him and into the wall behind him. He knocks her gun away, and it flies across the room. She shot a lot. Yeah. Yeah, she did. Like, for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) She, like, reloaded. Yeah. Yeah. But John and Chaz enter the hospital, and in the hallway, they hear demonic whispering. John tells Chaz that it's hell speak, but he tells him that he knows what to do. Chaz assures him that he's okay to do it, but he sounds more like he's reassuring himself. Yeah. I was like, poor kid. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, man. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Look, when we're making bullets in the kitchen, that's a lot different than there's actually demons. Yeah, Yeah. we're actually here now. (laughs) The other side of the wall. (laughs) But John stares down the hall as Chaz goes off in the other direction, telling himself, one last show. Chaz makes it to the bowels of the hospital and finds a large water tank. He blasts it with the shotgun and drops the crucifix inside that Papa Midnight gave him. John makes it to that lobby that was filled with disinterested people and introduces himself. He tells everyone there that they're in violation of the balance, and he offers them a chance to leave before he sends them back to hell. He stands on a chair and flicks open his lighter as they all gather around him. Their eyes glow a demonic red. When no one leaves, he tells them to go to hell, raising his lighter to the sprinklers above. The sprinklers switch on, and a woman, played by Michelle Monaghan, asks... Like, what? I, yeah, I was very surprised. She asks, holy water? But the holy water rains down on them, revealing the demons underneath their human shells. So I did read that there was a bigger arc okay. for this character. There was supposed to be like this situation where I guess John slept with her earlier. Yeah. And like it was like a much bigger thing and her character was much more important. Okay. But then it ends up getting cut down. I think that they had said that their idea of it is that John Constantine works better as a lonely person. Mm-hmm. And if he's over here just like sleeping with people... He's kind of, you know, ruining it's like, that. Who do you think yeah. you are, Tom Atkins? Like, <laughs> chill out. So like, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> right, hiding nipples with your mouth. Yeah. Like, yeah. No titties for Constantine. Yeah. Unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, to have that great of an actress and like leave her on the cutting room floor. Yeah, that's surprising. Mm-hmm. She got the Peter Sarsgaard treatment. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but now in their full demon forms. Everything slows down, and John goes into full beast mode, blasting demon after demon with his cross gun, sending them flying and exploding all across the room. Once he's laid waste to all but one of them, he goes to fire, but his gun is empty. The demon suddenly explodes, though, and John turns around to find Chaz standing there with his shotgun, having saved the day. 
They're like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> like, finger like, guns exactly. each other. <laughs> That's how that scene should have ended. <laughs> I would have added an extra point. Yeah. <laughs> I did want to say I read in an interview, Lawrence did an interview with Slash Film, um, 15 years looking back. Yeah. And he had said that, because Keanu Reeves does a lot of his own stunts in this movie, mm-hmm. but when he's not, his stunt double was Chad Stahelski, who actually went on to direct all of the John Wick films. Oh, really? wow. Yeah. Nice. Isn't that? Hell, yeah. I was, I was like, your stunt double is now, like, that's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's badass. But back in the pool, Manuel holds Angela's struggling body underneath the water until she's transported to hell. She sits at the bottom of the pool, surrounded by approaching demons until Maman whispers her name. He slinks over past the other demons, roaring as he charges her. So I did see in a feature at the Winston School, mm-hmm. they had made a full model of Memon, and they were going to use actually a physical model. Oh, shit. Sure. And it looked frightening as fuck. Really? You yeah. Saw it? it looked great. Yeah. And for some reason, they switched it out at the end, and you can see he's all CGI. Yeah. But I thought it would have been pretty cool. Yeah. I did notice, too, though, hmm. he's the only one with the full head. He is. Yeah, yeah. that's true. There's brains in that head. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he's got plans. Yeah. <laughs> but John and Chaz finally make their way to the pool room, John jumping into the pool, only to find Manuel's corpse. Suddenly, Angela rises up behind him, and with Mamon on board, she appears pale with red veins covering her face. John drops his gun and grabs her, attempting to exercise the demon with Latin, but he's easily overpowered and forced to the bottom of the pool. A struggle ensues, but Chaz helps John pull Angela out of the pool and hold her on the ground. The exorcism continues as she snarls at them, and John preaches at her in Latin. In almost no time at all, her body seizes and the demon seemingly exits her body, her complexion returning to normal. I was like, too easy. Yeah. Way too easy. They look at each other relieved, but fear suddenly fills Angela's face. She looks down to her abdomen where we see Mamon's face attempting to break through. She begs John to help her, and he places his hand on her stomach, chanting the rites of exorcism in Latin, but his voice grows weak and he's overcome. Chaz takes over, chanting the words with ease, and this gives John the strength to continue. Their voices now in chorus, they chant over Angela until Mamon finally disappears from her body. With pride, John tells Chaz, not bad, kid. Very touching moment. Yeah. They yeah. shared a little moment, did something together. He's earned it. Yeah. And they're like, nah. <laughs> finger guns. They should have. <laughs> <laughs> but Chaz, overjoyed at hearing this, takes this a little too far and tries to steal John's bit. He says, you know why? Because it's Kramer, Chaz Kramer, ass. But before he can get to the hole... A force seizes him, (laughs) slamming him into the ceiling and the floor like a goddamn pinball. He crash lands, blood pouring from his nose. Weakly, he tells John that he was right. It's not like it is in the books. John just tells him, no, it isn't. That's it. Thank you. Thank you, John. (laughs) That's your last (laughs) word. <laughs> to a fallen friend. Like, I tried to talk to you earlier. Like I told you, yeah, dude. she's not. I just, I, he got too cocky. Yeah, but he's been one to yeah, do this. He has. I, I just, again, I feel like I would have cared more about this if I knew anything about Chaz or if he'd been, because at the end he was kicking ass. Yeah, he was. But all the way up until that, he served no purpose. He got him from A to B. 
Yeah. <laughs> he drove, but like a regular guy in a regular cab could have done that. Yeah, I guess it doesn't have to so, be. So, I mean, I don't know. I just wish that, not wish. No. I would have liked for us to get a little bit more because that would have been very, very sad. Yeah. I think my thing was just John's reaction to it. <laughs> yeah. No? He's like, you hate to see it. <laughs> damn, another one. Yeah. Like, oh. Damn it. Oh, well. But, <laughs> so anyway. but full of fury, John rises from Chaz's body, rolls up his sleeves, and stands in the doorway of the room. He repeats, into the light, I command thee, holding his forearms together, the tattoos on his arms forming a sigil. So it was really interesting because I remember I've always thought about his tattoos, even watching it fr- from the first time. Uh-huh. And I was like, man, those are those are cool. But I never was like, well, what does it mean? Or what? You know what I mean? Just um, they're actually real alchemy symbols. Oh. And uh, the Red King, I want to say, is the just the symbol. And then the perfect Red King is the symbol with the three arrows inside of it with the flame over it. Okay. So it is for protection. It is a protection spell, I guess. The thing is about it is the Red King and the White Queen and alchemy so they go together for the protection okay so why they use just the one i'm not too sure of but it does have to do with the way they work with each other probably just because it looked cool being right put in half and then put together yeah fair, that's fair um because it says the chemical marriage of um is sulfur and mercury okay oh okay the red king sulfur the white queen is mercury okay so Mercury is like passive, fixed principles. You know what I mean? And then with the sulfur, volatile, and fiery principle. Okay. So together, it's like a combination for the protection S- sigil, I guess. I guess I said yeah. sigil. I wasn't sure. No, I, I would. Yeah. Well, I am not versed in alchemy, so I don't know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I don't know. Um, which it is very interesting. Though. Yeah. Something that I would be interested in learning more about. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of what I found with that. I guess, I mean, it, it does make sense. I think my only thing is I would have loved, and I don't need him as a scene where he's talking to Angela and he's like, by the way, my tattoos. <laughs> yeah, at all. I don't need that. Oh, yeah. But I, I would like to know, because this power is beyond anything that he's done in the film. Right. And so to see him do what he does next, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Also, he's almost died a couple times and he still didn't do something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but then I guess that's kind of, it makes it better because he's yeah. doing it after yeah. Chaz. Yeah. And I guess that he's it, like, <laughs> it forgives his reaction. Right. <laughs> But after a few attempts of doing this, the lights flicker and the world opens above him and through a cloud of black and gray lands Gabriel with their wings outstretched and their foot on John's throat. Oh, hey, Gabriel. Yeah. What are you? What are you doing here? Fancy scene. Yeah. <laughs> I like your hospital bracelets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got a neat outfit every time I see you. Right. <laughs> but now wearing all white, They tell John that his ego is astounding. John, for some reason, isn't surprised at all to see Gabriel and just says, figures. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) Gabriel's got a bad reputation, I I guess. I I was surprised. (laughs) But he quotes, and the wicked shall inherit the earth. Gabriel tells them that they are merely seeking to inspire humankind to be all that was intended. 
John is confused, asking how handing the world over to the son of the devil accomplishes this. Gabriel explains that humans were given a gift. No matter their trespasses, all they have to do is seek forgiveness to be forgiven and accepted back into God's good graces. They hold John by the face, telling him that it isn't fair. But they say if God loves him so, then they'll make him worthy of his love. Man, that just sounds like church talk. Well, yeah, like, it does. I, I was like, what a monologue. Yeah. No, it's great. Like, and it gets even better. Damn. Yeah. I think my thing also, isn't that the same thing that set off uh, Bartleby and Loki and Dogma? Yep. They're like, these yeah. sons of bitches. They <laughs> <laughs> can forgive him for everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I can see why that would piss off an angel. Yeah. And then the devil, he does like one thing. I don't know what he did, but he's he like, got, get the get fuck out of here. You are no longer welcome. <laughs> but you can run hell. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's a funny deal that was made that nobody ever talks yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they do talk about it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nobody ever. That's a bold statement. Not ever. <laughs> it's only the whole cornerstone of everything. Yeah. <laughs> But Gabriel says that they've been watching humankind for a long time and realize that only in the face of horror do they find their noblest selves, admitting humans can truly be so noble. But Gabriel promises to bring them pain and horror so that they may rise above it, so that everyone who survives will be worthy of God's love. Gabriel lifts John to his feet and he tells them that they're insane. But Gabriel tells him that the road to salvation begins tonight, right now. Gabriel's eyes glowing, they blow air into John's face that sends him careening into the next room, crashing into a glass door. Gabriel's breath packs a punch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we don't brush in heaven. <laughs> I, I think I think here's the thing for me is that the first time that we ever saw Gabriel, yeah. they were a little like flippant with John, mm -hmm. but then they were very sympathetic compassionate very compassionate so it does feel like kind of out of left field that behind the scenes gabriel's like no i'm fucking shit up yeah yeah that's all me and so i feel like as surprised as i was and as happy as i was to see tilda swinton again yeah it's like i don't know if they set this up enough there should have been another scene with gabriel there should have okay. been another scene with gabriel but i just because i want more gabriel <laughs> right but i feel like it makes it more shocking that that's all that we know of them. And then, yeah. and then now it's like, are you, you? Like, are you, Balthazar, we knew that motherfucker oh, yeah. was bad. Yeah. And when he showed up and he's licking on his fingers and shit, we knew he was bad. But you? Mm -hmm. Wow, Gabriel. Like, I trusted you. Oh, and I did. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, really, Gabriel kind of said a little bit of the same shit earlier when they were in the church. Just in a different way? Yeah. All right. A, li a little bit. Yeah. They're they're more out with it now. Just yeah. not as devious. <laughs> <laughs> Gabriel then approaches Angela's body, but in the other room, John prays to God. He says he knows he's not one of his favorites and isn't welcome in his house, but he could use a little attention. It reminded me of when Bart was praying for his soul. <laughs> <laughs> but upon receiving no reply or help, he finds and picks up a piece of glass from the floor. Gabriel kneels over Angela, drawing a cross on her forehead, and her skin goes pale once again. Gabriel then places a hand over Angela's pulsating stomach, urging Mamon to come forth. In the other room, John sits up, removing his watch, and drags the glass through his wrists. As he bleeds out, he simply says, Hurry. 
But the music grows tense as Gabriel, now brandishing the Spear of Destiny, calls out to Memon, son of Satan, and says they now unleash him into the world. Memon stares through Angela's belly like, I thought you'd never yeah. ask. <laughs> right, fuck me up, fam. Yes. <laughs> but Gabriel raises the dagger, but in the other room, the lights flicker, and as John's blood reaches his watch, it ticks to a stop. Gabriel brings the dagger down, but before it can make contact with Angela's stomach, the world freezes. Liquid drips from the ceiling as we see black tar-covered feet descend from above. They sizzle upon contact with the wet ground, and John looks up asking, Lou, what took you so long? In a white suit stands Lucifer, played by Peter Stormare. Always a treat. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's so fucking great. Yes. Underrated. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, perfect. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I read an interview at the AV club that the director and the producer, that all of this was his idea. What they wanted him to do was have leather on a dog collar and be covered in Come tattoos. On. Come on. They said that they asked him and he refused and he said, no, let me do it. And they were like, bet. And they said everything from the white suit, uh-huh. the tar, the way he acts was all his idea. That's, well, somebody <laughs> should no, yeah. thank yeah. him. Yes. Well, the thing is, it's like they've changed uh, their vision of what hell would be. So why? Yeah. Why make Satan exactly? Yeah. Why go back to the yeah the yeah. default? Yeah. It's it it's just so perfect and this is literally the end of the film that we're even being introduced to him yes but when i think of this movie i think of him mm-hmm. because it's so impactful uh-huh. when he does yeah. in such a small amount of time yeah. i gotta say like the last probably 20 minutes of this film are like unimpeachable yeah they're great it's great like, yeah like, i was watching this again it's been so long <laughs> since i've seen it and i was like holy what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, like, <laughs> i really yeah. wasn't expecting to no, enjoy yeah. it so much no the second gabriel shows their true colors yeah, yeah. and then On. and then lucifer and it's yeah. like this is yeah. fantastic oh yeah but lucifer bids john hello planting a chair in front of him and sitting down he admits that john is the only soul that he would collect personally he then applauds with excitement at the opportunity to finally do so. This, this, the character moments here are just... Yes! Yeah. That's what I'm saying. In such a small amount of time, he gives us so much yes. of who his Lucifer is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. The producers said that when they cast everyone and they cast A-list stars uh, like Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. and Rachel Wise, they were like, because of that star power... It allowed them to reach out and cast other people that the studio probably would have had a problem with. Okay. So that gives them the opportunity to cast Tilda Swinton as Gabriel. Yeah. And it gives them the opportunity to cast Peter Stormare as Lucifer. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, I'm so glad. Which are Hell both yeah. so perfect in their roles. Yes. But John asks if he can smoke, which Lucifer allows. But John realizes that he can't lift his arm to smoke. Lucifer explains that he cut too deep and into the tendons, so he offers his assistance in lighting it for him. After toying around with moving the lighter around and forcing John to follow, (laughs) he finally obliges and lights it up. I was like, come on. He's having having a blast. He's been waiting for this. Like, he's been waiting by the phone. The second Constantine did it, he's like, whoop. He's there. But Lucifer promises a whole theme park of red delights for John but admits that he's surprised to see him make the same mistake twice. John smokes away, Lucifer realizing that John didn't actually make a mistake at all. John just asks how the family is doing, 
And Lucifer replies that they're busy and could use a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> so, come on. Same. <laughs> but this is when John launches into full tattletale mode, telling Lucifer that his son is in the other room with Gabriel. Tattletale It's like, you're just telling, Adriano is fake tickets. Yeah. <laughs> like, you fucker. It's funny because when he tells him that, he's like, eh, no account for taste. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, like, like, <laughs> he's like, with Gabriel? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, because yeah, when, when John says that about Gabriel, he's like, no accounting for taste. And then when he says that about, you know, everything else, he's like, boys will be boys. Yeah. He's like, he's making excuses. Yeah, no. <laughs> you're being way too this chill about unbelievable. this. But when John says that they have the spear of destiny, Lucifer takes notice, mocking him at first, but is then unsure if he should actually believe what he's being told. It was really giving as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah. when he did it. I was like, stop, stop it. You're having too much fun. He you is. need to be yeah. listening. Honestly, every choice he makes, I'm like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. But John implores him to go look for himself. He says Lucifer's been waiting 20 years for him. What's another 20 seconds? Lucifer snarls at him, but does just that, shattering through the glass door, the broken pieces bouncing off of him, still frozen in time. Man, this too, after seeing this in the theaters, uh-huh. I was like, I want to enter every room like that. <laughs> I don't give a shit how many cuts I have. I uh-huh. always want to walk into a room cuts. like that. I, that was the coolest shit I had ever seen, period. And it still looks good. Yeah. Yeah. The glass bouncing off of him, you're like, God damn. Yeah. This dude's a cool motherfucker. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I get it. He's like, I want to hang out with the devil kind yeah, of now. What? I yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know what yeah, to tell you. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, in all fairness, God didn't show up at all. <laughs> yeah, he did it. Which is I pretty wasn't messed say up. Anything. He, left, <laughs> he left the Sims game going. Uh, yeah. He's talking about this. Uh, He's off having dinner or something. Mm-hmm. He's not even thinking about it. They'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Step by step, he makes his way over to Gabriel and Angela, lifting Angela's body away from the path of the spear. Time returns to normal, the spear coming down and crashing into the floor. With their wings spread wide, Gabriel stumbles back at the sight of Lucifer. Holding Angela close to him, he tells Gabriel that the world is his in time, and Gabriel of all people should understand ambition. The camera dips down to reveal Mammon struggling against his father in the reflection of the tile. Gabriel calls him the son of perdition, little horn, and most unclean. Lucifer bristles at this, kind of digging on hearing some of his old nicknames. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh shit, they did call me that. That's cool. Old scratch, you want to throw that one? (laughs) But he just whispers into Angela's ear, time to go home, son. Gabriel says that they will smite him in God's honor, but when they throw a punch, it stops just before making contact. I was like, you were just going to punch him in the face. Yeah, yes. you were going to try. <laughs> That's all you yeah. had. <laughs> but Lucifer remarks that God must not have Gabriel's back anymore. He pushes their hand back as worry fills their face and the wind howls around them. In a cascade of water and debris, we watch through the tile as Mimon is sent back into the fires of hell. And at the same time, Gabriel's wings are singed away to nothing. Gabriel asks, Father? Before they're vaulted into the pool. This is fantastic. Oh, yes. And did you really think this fool was going to have your back after you're over here doing some stupid shit on Earth? Honestly. They, that you means re- they did. <laughs> well, yeah, well, but like if humans could just say sorry, like why can't I just yeah, say sorry? That's well, in all fairness. Because that's not how it works. You can't do that. Yeah. I guess it's a higher standard. Yeah. Yes. Angels are like the older children. Yeah. Like the, yeah. The older siblings. <laughs> why does he get dessert when I yeah, get a fucking? Bullshit. He didn't even finish his dinner. 
<laughs> I will say um, they were talking on a featurette about the design of the angel wings. Yeah. And they said that they studied like countless birds. And what you see in the film is all CG, the wings. Yeah. But interestingly, Stan Winston studio made an entirely actual real full-size model of one pair of wings oh nice they carted them around to different parts of the set so that they could get the lighting correct right and when you see them they look really good yeah when they're singed away you see them bit by bit yeah it's great oh no yeah again when people are saying the cg is lazy it's like what the fuck are you (laughs) but lucifer re-enters the room with john and just says so john repeats the word and lucifer's like yeah, what do you want? An extension? John thinks about it for a moment and asks Lucifer to let Isabel go home. Lucifer snarls, asking if he's willing to give up his life to let her go to heaven. John nods silently. Lucifer lifts his head to the heavens in a very dramatic moment before quickly just saying, fine. See, and I know this sounds dumb saying this is more realistic, but it seems more like if you have that much power, you shouldn't have to wait or again, do a chant or do whatever. You're fucking Satan. Make it happen. Just yeah. like God. Yeah. You're that powerful. Make it happen. You see him like imagine it for like two seconds. He and looks it's up done. and he's like, it's done. It's like, That's right. it. Yeah. It's like, holy shit. That's how powerful you are. That's what I want. I yeah. don't need you to grow into a big monster and then like, okay, now you're fulfilled. <laughs> no, you did exactly what your powers allowed you to do and you moved on. Mm-hmm. That was it. You, he asked you you shall receive displayed the power in a very simple but very effective way 100 percent. you didn't even have to bust a grape you <laughs> fucking you know what i mean closed yeah. your eyes a little bit and then it's over that's it but he smiles at john telling him it's time to go john finishes his cigarette putting it out in his own blood and lucifer drags him away whistling but suddenly the tiles break and form a barrier leaving lucifer unable to pull him through A bright light enters the room as Lucifer realizes what's happened, and he mutters, the sacrifice. You fucked up. Yes. (laughs) John slowly begins to ascend into the clouds, the glowing kingdom of heaven at the horizon, but Lucifer won't allow the loss of his soul. Lucifer grabs him, telling him, you will live, John Constantine. He rips John's shirt open, digging his hands into his chest, telling him that he will have the chance to prove that he truly belongs in hell. John screams as Lucifer removes his cancer and drops him to the floor. His hands covered in blackness, Lucifer tells John that he will live. Come on, man. (laughs) Come on. Again, instead of, oh no, fuck that. It's just, oh no, I'll give you time to prove it, bitch. Yeah. You're going to come back. Because I know who you are. You know what I mean? It's, it's that's just more personal it yes. is. instead of it just being like no you kill me and then him melting away or god coming <laughs> you know what i mean save yeah. the day and then it's all cliche and it, no no motherfucker you i know you yes i've yeah. been watching you you will fuck up that's just great yeah and it speaks to both characters yeah because yeah. john's like yeah he's probably right yeah <laughs> <laughs> but john wakes up on the ground breathing easy for the first time in ages He lifts himself up and stares at his abdomen. Angela wakes up in the other room, fully alive and fully herself again. (laughs) It's like Chaz is still dead, but yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah, we didn't make any wishes on that. (laughs) But John joins Angela and she thanks him for everything. And he just tells her 
no problem, before plucking the Spear of Destiny out of the ground. They almost kiss. Uh, yeah, well, he, almost. again, is leaning forward, and she's like, oh. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, I'm just reaching yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But Gabriel wakes up in the pool, coughing the water out of their lungs, the stubs of their wings sticking out of their back. John says that they don't deserve to be human, but Gabriel asks if he's plotting revenge because they're into it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They retrieve his cross gun and hand it over to him, telling him to seek revenge and end their life. He snatches it from them, but just socks them in the mouth instead. That's hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Gabriel holds their jaw, blood pouring as John tells them, that's called pain. Get used to it. As John and Angela leave, Gabriel calls out, proud of him for choosing a higher path instead of shooting them. They say, look how well you're doing. (laughs) Yeah, and then all embarrassed, slink back into the water. (laughs) (laughs) They go, man, I should punch them back. God damn it. That actually really hurt. Yeah, Yeah, this is pain, huh? I got to say... Tilda Swinton does not get credit for her comedy chops. Yeah. Yeah. That is, this is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Dude, fucking it's burn after reading. Yeah. Her, the whole, the whole everything. Yeah. yeah she's great. In everything. Like yes. whatever she yeah. does. It's unbelievable. You guys need to watch The Eternal Daughter. All right. It's not funny. I, I, know, okay. I, know. <laughs> I know I just said the comedy chops. Yeah. That was probably top five of my films last year. All right. Really? All right. Love it so much. Okay. I'll rent it again. You guys can watch it. All right. But I'm also going to watch it again. (laughs) (laughs) But sometime later, John joins Angela on a rooftop overlooking the city. He says he has something for her, and he gives her the Spear of Destiny wrapped in a cloth. She asks why he's giving it to her, and he just says, rules. He tells her to hide it somewhere no one will be able to find it, not even him. She says there's always a catch, and he agrees. Standing incredibly close and within kissing distance... John tells Angela that he has some cleaning up to do. Angela says that she'll see him around, and John tells her that he'd like that. She turns her head away and walks away alone, leaving John standing on the rooftop. He stares out to the city, and in a voiceover, says that he guesses there is a plan for all of us. He had to die twice just to figure that out. But he says, like the book says, he works in mysterious ways. And as John pops a piece of chewing gum into his mouth instead of a cigarette, he says... Some people like it, and some people don't. We fade to black, and the credits roll. But there is a post-credit sequence. John visits Chaz's grave, resting his lighter on his gravestone and telling him, You did good, kid. But when he turns to walk away, large wings stretch out behind him, and John turns to see Chaz, now an angel, look up at him with glowing eyes before taking off in flight toward the heavens. John smirks and then leaves the cemetery. And the film ends. So, what did you guys think of Constantine? I think it's apparent that I love this movie. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> uh, it, this movie's really good. You know what I mean? And I think it was before all the superhero stuff. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah. And I know Blade was already a thing and all that. But again, we didn't have a lot of that. And I think a lot of people don't realize that either that Blade did open the door for a lot of movies like this and comic book movies to be a thing. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because like you stated earlier at the beginning about how critics 
but they thought it was it wasn't cool to like comic book movies or they they were like this is stupid it's like it's not though you know yeah. what i mean yeah. this is what we like why is it dumb because you don't like it or why you know mm-hmm. um because comics aren't cool yeah, yet. Com- yeah. yeah this movie was fucking great this yeah. movie is fantastic um yeah maybe they could have added some things or whatever but for me, it also, like, I know I talked about it a lot, the ideas that it throws out there. You want people to, you know, be religious or to, like, find religion or whatever. But again, there's a lot of ideas in this movie, too, yeah. that go along with religion. So it's like, can you answer these questions, too? Or if I ask you these questions, are you going to be able to give me a, a good enough answer? Because mm-hmm. I also have some questions. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um. But with all that aside, this movie to me, uh, there's very few movies, but to me, this movie's perfect. Like, I love this movie. I'll watch this movie again after. Um, it might just be me watching it a lot. But I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously on the cool not because we watched it and everyone had a good time. Yeah. You know, so. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll just keep saying that over and over. <laughs> No, I'll say thank you for bringing this to the table because we were like, is it, you know, can we? Yeah. But I definitely think it qualifies to be covered. Right. And I enjoyed it even more than I thought that I would. Okay. Like I said, I feel like my only real complaint is Chaz's character just being really, really flat for me. Yeah. And that's in a movie that is dealing with things on this scale and at this level. If that's my only complaint, then that's pretty you know yeah yeah impressive Mm -hmm. even the fact that like no not everything's fully explained but in the moment you're just like okay yeah the tattoo is like duh like okay (laughs) you're just you're invested and you're into it i mean there are nuances that i feel like the movie doesn't get enough credit for having okay this was just really really good and i it's like okay 2005 Keanu Reeves like I'm sure this is gonna be fun yeah but this it was really fucking good like even <laughs> watching it and then especially at the end I was like well goddamn yeah <laughs> no pun intended but yeah. fuck that was I really had a good time good I think the thing about it is that it's very good and then when it leads into the finale yeah yeah the finale is great yeah like there is nothing that you would really change yeah for, I mean, for me personally, I think probably for everyone of us at the table, mm-hmm. I do yeah. know, I, I think that's what gets me is reading all those polarizing reviews from critics at the time. Yeah. It just must have been you weren't ready. Yeah. Yeah, it probably was ahead of its time. <laughs> you were saying off mic that post-credit scenes weren't even they popularized were, yeah. yet. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, not obviously this wasn't probably the first film to ever do it, but, you know, Marvel... They've kind of, that's their thing. Yeah. And I mean, that's so clearly setting up for a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. That oddly is finally getting made. Right. I think uh, Francis Lawrence and Keanu Reeves are attached. Oh, yeah. Man. Hell yeah. So, I mean, you know. And Francis Lawrence, I mean, I don't just very, um, I feel like he went the extra mile. No, he did. A lot of shit that I just wasn't expecting. Because I, I, I kept reading all this stuff about them not being sure they could do it because I think they did a Constantine TV show. Yeah, they did. And so the rights are all tangled up and yeah. all this. And so it's like, you know, you have Francis Lawrence and Keanu Reeves that are willing to make it. 
I'm pretty sure they said it's beginning pre-production or something. Yeah, I think I think I did read that. Yeah, that they either they had started or they were in the works of getting it going. Yeah, that's exciting. And, and Keanu Reeves yeah. doesn't even really age, so I'm yeah. gonna yeah. <laughs> jump right back in. Right. Well, uh, funny enough, the Constantine character. There's, um, looking into this and then like checking it out, like. The original Constantine character that came out and the Swamp Thing that they made, his character, because he is a human, he ages. So in his comics, as the years go by, he ages like a normal human. And they even talk about his birthdays throughout the fucking series. So, but... There is also another Constantine on Earth 52 that's in the multiverse who runs the Justice League Dark. <laughs> so, I mean, again, this gets it, but he's young. Okay. So he's a younger version of Constantine who there's still, I didn't read that far into it. I don't know if he ages, but they did say that he's a younger version. So you could do two. Right. Yeah. I right. mean, look at, look at uh, Pattinson's Batman. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. do one-offs all the time. That's DC. Yeah. Hell yeah. Let's see what's going to happen. Like, it's so, it's, it's crazy because like that's a team. Like this fool's running a team. <laughs> He's got Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing's on his on his side. Is he cooperative? <laughs> I, yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> they literally call him the motherfucker Swamp Thing. Yeah, so I find it hard to believe. Is he <laughs> I don't know anything about. He was in the movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because he said a team. Yeah. So I'm like, well, he better he does, be. Because uh, I think even Wonder Woman is part of this team still. <laughs> what? The, the one fuck? of the original founders of the Justice League, she's part of this team too. That's incredible. Like, and then, and I saved it for last because I was hoping that it would uh, do something for you. Okay. Also part of this man's team, Frankenstein. Are you? DC's <laughs> own fucking version of Dr. Frankenstein's what? monster. That. And he, he wouldn't even listen to his dad, but you'll listen <laughs> yeah. to Constantine. It's Constantine. What does that say? I mean, come on. You got fucking Frankenstein on your side? Come on. He's What's a, not I'm not love? fucking yeah. with that. No. He's a great manager. Yeah. I mean, what See, can you say? Great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, Frankenstein, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's I the, thought that was why. That is the last name that I expected. Yeah. But I guess uh, we can go into ratings. <laughs> I, uh, look, I enjoyed this film way more than I expected to. Uh-huh. I thought it was going to be powered a lot by the nostalgia of having seen it at the theaters. Yeah. Because I remember having a good time in the theater. Yeah. But I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Right. And to have as few complaints as I did coming out of it. Okay. You know, you expect, and when you read stuff, you're like, oh man, they're talking shit about the CG. I bet it's going to be real bad. Yeah. It's not. It's really not. Nope. You know? And so it's funny to me that in 2005, they were saying that. And in 2023, I'm like, it's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I I just think that the cast is brilliant. Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Peter Stormare. Mm -hmm. Keanu Reeves. Rachel Wise. Pruitt Taylor Vince. Yes. Um, I love Keanu Reeves as a human. Yes. Yeah. I am always happy to see him doing really anything. Yeah. And I think that he plays Constantine in a way that works for this film that is good enough to where you're not always probably if you're a mega fan of the comics. Yeah. You're not like, man, why doesn't he look like Sting or whatever? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably fine. Right. You know, and for someone who didn't read the comics, it's like, yeah, that's Constantine. Yeah. Yeah. I do enjoy the majority of the writing. Uh, 
I think that a lot of the writing shines in the monologues. Okay. Yeah. Gabriel's at the end. Um, Lucifer's entire everything. Yeah. It's fantastic work. Cinematography, those shots, they didn't need <laughs> to go that hard. Not at all. But they're like, oh, watch this. Yeah. <laughs> they did it for us. It's great. Um, and of course, the ideas in the film, the different, like, I guess, theological discussions throughout. Yeah, yeah. Always interesting to kind of delve into. On the negative side, I will say some of the writing, I think they were kind of forced into being more expository there's a lot of lore yeah and so to say well hey remember papa midnight we used to be like best friends or whatever yeah like that stuff i guess it works but for me i'm like man i would have loved to seen yeah maybe seen it something you know even if like he tells Chaz a story okay and you see in the past him and papa midnight just wrecking shop yeah yeah what they needed to do or whatever even uh father hennessy yeah he's like now i know we've known each other for years and i'm like yeah. have you <laughs> Have you? where are the receipts yeah. <laughs> but um i don't know and the thing is is that when i was writing the script i was like a bit long but then when i rewatched it i was like no it's not it's really yeah. not yeah and i think it's just because i was working <laughs> <laughs> but um no i think this is a really good film i would even say probably close to a great film for me yeah it's especially because of that end and I I think that I'm not only surprising myself, mm-hmm. but I might be surprising some other people that you guys probably. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, and I am going to add an extra 0.5 to my score because the more we talked about it, the more I realized how well put together it was. Yeah. A lot of things that I thought I was like, well, that was a dropped thing. You're like, oh, wait, no, fuck. That explains that. Yeah. yeah. And you kind of, that's the good. It's thoughtful. Yes. The good thing about um, taking these films apart piece by piece is it allows you to appreciate them more. Yeah. Things you probably wouldn't have noticed if you're just watching it to watch it. Mm -hmm. When you have to dissect it, you're like, fuck. Yeah. That's why he smashed the ampule into his chest. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't just sad. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Or what, you know. But for me, out of 10 excessive cigarettes, I'm going to give Constantine eight excessive cigarettes out of 10 all right i loved this way more than i thought i would yeah and then you got tilda swinton and it's just like okay yeah Yeah. this is fantastic uh yeah anyway i guess that's (laughs) it for me (laughs) i will uh, open the floor to you i know i said a lot already (laughs) (laughs) so i don't think my score will come as a surprise Uh uh-huh um but i mean at the same everything you said i mean i and that's why i like the movie Mm -hmm. like it the the angel having her as an angel that's perfect perfect tilda yeah yeah tilda's perfect for it uh peter stormare for satan like everything papa midnight all of like everything fit perfect for me i forgot to mention him yeah yeah it it's like it's great even um bush guy <laughs> gavin ross gavin yes yeah senor gavin yes. it was great everything the machine was, head yes. yes yeah uh nothing hurts like his mouth but <laughs> but it was everything was great so for me, on a scale of one to ten, excessive cigarettes, again, it's not a surprise. No. What? I'm gonna give Constantine a ten <laughs> out of ten. This is this is great. 
I watching it again, I hadn't watched it in, I won't say a long time because I know it's been probably less than a year since I've watched the movie, mm-hmm. but still even watching it, but being able to watch it for the show, I know we've talked about it before and it does kind of hurt or help the movie. True. And it either does make you understand things more or make you see the things that don't make sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And for me, I didn't. It just enhanced the movie for me. So, again, I know it's not a surprise, but I love the movie. Yeah. Um, I feel like we covered it all. I, yeah. I did <laughs> forget to say I was really excited that he did quit smoking. Yes. Because yeah. even if by default, you know, he's still trying to make a change. And I feel like that translates to him trying to make a change in who he is and how he is. And you look at the character arc as well. Yeah. Gabriel saying you're only doing this for yourself. Yeah. He literally sacrificed himself. Yeah. Yeah. So for, that's not true. You know. Yeah. And then he's he is making that change. Yeah. He's doing his fucking best. Yeah. I mean, what more can even be said? Yeah. We already talked about the casting. I talked about my little nitpicky bullshit or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um it's funny because after talking about it, like I came to the table with kind of a loose number. Mm-hmm. I also added a 0.5. Really? Um, because I feel like this one was just a fucking blast to talk about. Yeah. And <laughs> kind of unpacking it made me appreciate it a little bit more. So on a scale from one to 10 excessive cigarettes. You got it. I am giving Constantine 8.5. Wow. Excessive cigarettes out of 10. This one really surprised the hell out of me because I figured it would be fun. I figured it would be decent. I really didn't expect it to have so much like meat to it. (laughs) Like so much (laughs) weight to it. No, it's, it's surprising, honestly. Yeah. Um, it also kind of opens up a door to other action horror. Yeah. Yeah. And we have had a couple requests for blade and we were on the line about that. So maybe we, you know, Mm, interesting one day. I believe there's three of them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate, Constantine, and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at TravisMWH, at Blood and Smoke, and at RealStreeter84. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special thank you to our Windigo Getter patrons. And remember... If you remain neutral in the battle between good and evil, you have picked a side. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned. We want to give a very special thank you to all of our Wendigo Getter patrons. Woo! Yeah! yeah. <laughs> this is getting glycerine. out of hand. <laughs> this is a glycerine. Yeah, why not? Jesus Christ. It's a really good song. No, it's not bad. A special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M., Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Guy54, Lala Thomas, Travis and Nisa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Jennifer Perez, Allison O'Neill, Carissa, TJ and Angie Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, J.D. Rizak, Molly Gerhardt, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggy, William Barry, Brittany Ramatar, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Eden, Jordan Roberts, Dylan, Melissa Sierra, 
Holly Bryan, Jordan Blevins, Liz Heath, Spencer Montalvo, Pancake the Panda, John Ramos, Michael Newding, Alexis Roberts, Dan Laveau, Itzy M, Gary Horton, Leisha Olivier, Kate Lamp, Carlos and Sydney, Jessica Hunter, Helena Rudder, Alan Johnston, Mariah, Livy Fun, Mandy M, Scott Troutman, Towton Watson, Mozzie Bear, Brittany G, Dave Burke, Adrian Stakes, Craig Kowalski, Beth, Nick Spill, Emma Hagel Kissinger, Valerie G, Emiliana, Brian Glass, CB, Maya Noches, Taylor Santana, Will Lewison, Angelique, Smelly Poo Poo Head, Beth Bauer, Ben Coons, Cookie, Esperanza J, Jason Kyle, OKC, Joshua Rumley, Danielle Peralta, Hannah R, Brandon, Nicholas Carter, Sawyer Reese Farr, Dr. Diva Loves Horror, Girl That's Scary, M. Fryback, Cassandra, Andrea Simmons, Ashley Higuera, William Rush, Katarina, Ryan Brom, Megan Ochoa, Laura Lassiter, Natalie de Guzman, Eileen O, Wesley Wyatt, Morgan Freenomorph, Marissa E, Sydney, Henry F, Carlos J. Mota, Megan M, Strangely Sarah, Paul Jordan, and Christy Beck. Hey! hey. Love it. New oh, friends. Yeah. We want to thank all of you for your incredible support, and we hope that you know that we love the hell out of you. Yeah. 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 There you go. Where, you know. He went to hell. Yeah. Uh, twice. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. <laughs>